Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 82 of the Spoiler Cast. I'm your host, Dan, and I'm joined by Allie. Christmas, Christmas time is here. Time for joy and time for chill. <laughs> Vera? Wow, that was both adorable and horrifying. Yay! <laughs> and Tristan. Oh, God. Oh, God. We can't stop here. This is Padoru country. <laughs> what the fuck it's is that P- time? What the They're fuck coming. is Padoru? Yeah, you have to explain <laughs> that to me as well. I have no idea. Um, so, in Fate Grand Order... Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Of- <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, you well, know what? Fate Hold in that general, because she's <laughs> no. in other things. Abort. But female Emperor Nero loves to sing a Christmas song in her little chibi form, but she is also tone deaf because Nero was tone deaf. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, I'm sure there'll be more of that later. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. uh, no, it's the season, you can't escape it. Uh, it spreads right. beyond the Fate fan- franchise, it infects other boards and subreddits. Um, Normally, we would be talking about um, a game, a movie, a TV season or series, and spoiling it, talking about our full, um, better thoughts about it. But today, we have our special once-a-year annual Game of the Year um, list. Um, we've done this, I think, a bunch of years now, now uh, in a row. So we have our old spreadsheet out. We've put down our categories. We have a couple of new ones this year, uh, which I'm excited to dig into. And we're just going to go through that list and go through each of our picks for various categories for 2020. Look back at the year that was um, slightly, probably not too in-depth. Our eyes will burn out. Yeah. Uh, But I don't know, before we jump in, did anybody have anything like timely? We're going to post this just before Christmas, but anything timely you wanted to talk about, or should we just jump in? Or I, I mean, Let's just, let's do it before my hot buttered rum gets even colder. I, I mean, I mean, I guess the one thing is, is that, uh, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about this, obviously, in the cast, too, but I do think it bears for being just from the top, from the top that we are not under a rock, and yes, we are, and, and yeah, the Cyberpunk, the Cyberpunk 2077 thing is we know. real and amazing, and just Wow. Yeah. <laughs> we know, guys, we know. We will get to it. Yeah, I, oh, I think... Oh, God. You know, go about a couple weeks ago, jumping into um, Cyberpunk would have been something I look forward to for many Game of the Year categories, but unfortunately, it's only under one for me this year. <laughs> and it's not where we wanted to put it. No. I was going to say, I think it's uh, pretty much where everybody has put it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, and I will say that, you know, we were going to, we'll, we'll get into a whole cast about it um, yeah. to be, to, to be determined. And when we determine, cause my gosh, cause I, this game has ruined many things and it's not going to ruin our fun with the cast. So we're going to do it. Whenever Hell no. We it's Christmas time. But it's Christmas. But that being said, yeah, because Christmas. But that being said, you know, it's. I don't think I've ever seen a train wreck like this in, in uh since I've started following like, video games journalism per se, and I would I would date that back to when I started like, you know, following Jim Sterling like about like, eight, gosh, eight, nine years ago or so. Like, and it's basically so I started like following not just like video games, oh fun things to play, but also like. What are people, you know, what is, what are these releases out? Why is this fiasco, etc.? Like, just for how big it is, 
how I'm seeing commercials on this uh, about it on for TV, and it looks so cool, and I was so looking forward to it. And this was also like a studio which had a reputation as one of the good guys, earned or not. And then we're literally seeing a giant fucking trash fire uh, so, before our very eyes. So, him. Remember when? Uh, remember when Duke Nukem Forever was the biggest disappointment? Pepperidge Farm remembers. Um, but just just today, I, uh, Jim has said something very poignant on this, which is CD Projekt Red has just burned through all of their goodwill in a week. Yeah. Not even Bethesda managed that. No, Bethesda took a lot more time. And, and maybe it's also because, uh, and it may also be because they, uh, it may, it may also with Bethesda maybe it's because it's like we had higher standards for CD Projekt Red, or also maybe, or, or maybe people were more harsh about it, but I mean, I also think, it, but at the same time, it's like, it's, it's interesting. Although, that being said, when Bethesda came out with Fallout 76, basically the goodwill cratered. I mean, I think that... The best way to burn through to to turn off your stands, and this is I think maybe says a bad thing about gaming culture because there should obviously be other things that turn off. Oh, your there's stands a lot faster. of bad things to say about gaming culture. Oh, there is, but you know the thing that does is to create a buggy game that's not fun. Yeah. Like straight up, you can you can shoot somebody in the fucking head, and people will be like, oh, they're great. But if your game is buggy and unfun, that's the way to get gamers to desert you. <laughs> And I fucking hate that I Bugs. just said that, but am I wrong? Am I wrong? Bugs. No. <laughs> but fact, those affect me. Right. And, and, and in fact, I think my favorite ironic thing about this whole scenario is CD Projekt Red really cultivated the very culture that is now destroying their game. Yeah. Um, in the first place. So it's kind of fun to watch it turn against itself almost. Um, yeah. In a funny way. I, I can't remember the last time something had such a bad technical release is maybe i was reminded the other day of the sim city launch when ea it's launched so it with gone. online servers and then they didn't work and yep. all that other stuff but because if i remember correctly well, 76 wasn't a buggy was buggy but it still fucking played it just nobody liked what they were being offered a little of both I mean, it's also, I mean, it was Bethesda buggy, but like yeah, I think also at that point people were tired of Bethesda bugging being an excuse. Yeah, like mm. the old joke of is it a bug or a feature? Yeah, like well, I, people you, were kind of like, yeah. Well, have you guys heard what just uh, the re most recent thing with Cyberpunk? No. So there's now a bug on PC. So on the one system that was actually playing it somewhat well no uh, there is now a bug that can corrupt and erase your save data yeah making it an involuntary roguelike yeah i i will say that calling the the pc version of the game good or polished is also probably unfair because yeah. the while i can run it just fine graphically like it runs you know I can run it at whatever I want based on what the settings I choose. If I want it at 120 FPS, I can do that. The problem is the whole rest of the game is also buggy and broken. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just in, it's in just ways slightly... that don't have anything to do with the graphics. Yeah, I'm just, interested just to hear more about, uh, PC. about the bugs and whatnot that are on PC, because everywhere I look, people are just saying, well, you should have bought it on PC, which, 
one, I'm not going to get into how classist that is. Yeah. And two, I highly doubt that the PC version isn't also buggy as heck. Yeah. I oh, mean, it is. It's it's just slightly more stable. There. Yeah. So it, it performs mostly stable, but that's not even true. Like, there's plenty of times where the frame rate just tanks anyway. Mm-hmm. And you know, my you know my PC, I bought it less than a year ago, cost me over a thousand dollars. So it's not like, you know, with the gatekeeping, whatever, like my console is twice the price of like a PlayStation five <laughs> and it still doesn't really run very well. <laughs> Should tell you something about, yeah. <laughs> about the game and its optimization, but also there's tons of bugs. There's tons of soft locks. I, I mean, I've, I've, I can't even count on two hands, the amount of soft locks I've had, um, situations where I thought something was a bug when it really wasn't or, that it was the feature, but it was a bug. Um, quests that don't complete, bosses that get stuck in geometry, the game just stopping you from being able to use abilities and other things for no reason, like a bunch of stuff. Um, so it's don't let you know whatever. Don't let the the rumblings sway you. There's <laughs> there's still plenty to take in with the PC version. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. Yes. No, no. no. We're here to talk about things that make us happy. We're here to talk about joy until we get to that section. Which we will, and we will get to, and there's, and to be fair, it's not as if this is even a bad, the the only bad game this year, not to mention, uh, you know, or even the worst. Yeah, I've got three entries for that section. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But we're going to mostly be talking about good stuff. Yes. And we always like to start at the, you know, in the past with these um, with honestly probably one of the best categories of the whole episode, which is best old game. Yay! Which, is, <laughs> which so often is the case is the, is that the best games are the old ones you play. But basically, hundred percent. What we mean by this is a game you played this year, but it wasn't released this year. It was released in a past year, so anything 2019 and before. So I'm just gonna go right across the row here for this one. So Allie, what's your pick? Shit. Well, shocking no one, it's Final Fantasy XIV A Realm Reborn Online <laughs> for me. Hell and yeah. I, it's so hard for me to not put this game in every single category. Um, it was the perfect, as horrible as COVID has been for a lot of us, for most of the planet, it was a really good time to get into an MMO because <laughs> I suddenly found myself not working and going, what's a good way to pass my time? And... I picked it up back in like April when it was on sale and I've played daily ever since. Like I log in every day and play a little bit, a lot, depending on the day. Um, It's just fantastic. I cannot state just how amazing this game is. And I've made a lot of really amazing friends while playing it too. So shout out to my FC Silent Beacon. Wee! That's awesome. And and I will I will say what's what's been interesting to, to me is watching this category change and the whole thing really shift. Like, you know, Final Fantasy XIV is an old game, quote unquote, but you know they're, they're adding a lot of content to it mm-hmm. as they go. You know, one of the games I played a lot this year, and it's not the one I put on this list, but one of the games I played this year a lot was Apex Legends, and that game came out a couple of years ago, but really, I mean, they're updating it every few months. Yeah, like, that's the thing I've enjoyed a lot about Final Fantasy is, like, every couple months we'll get, like, a big patch and we'll have 
new story content, new raid content. Um, this this raid tier, I'm actually trying hard to do current raid savage like savage content, and it's really hard, but really fun and really satisfying, especially when you're doing that with a group of people together. But also, like, games come out on new systems all the time now, so a game from, like, three years ago might suddenly come out on the Switch, and then the question is, is it really an old game anymore, or is it new because it's new on the Switch? And that's why I think we've just gone to leniency with regards to, like, this list. One, because who cares? It's our list. We can do whatever the hell we want, but also because it allows for a bit more freedom there. So, yeah. anyway. And I mean, and I'll also say that it's, like, it's also, I mean... It's always been that you can have a great experience playing an old game. Like, I mean, you know, I have no idea how many people who have, have like, suggested that uh, I go through and play Final Fantasy Tactics, which is old oh as balls. That's, that's a big one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but I, I've heard it's really good, though. <laughs> oh, it is. And it'll take you much less time than, say, Disgaea. <laughs> but that being said, you know, it's like... It, but even in terms of things like looking really good... Uh, or playing really good. Like, for instance, you know, Dishonored 2 is a game that I haven't finished yet, maybe it's because my save got destroyed. But, uh, it's... So I'm going to have to... I'll, I'll probably... That's probably going to be the next game I play after... Uh, one of the next games I try to complete through again. Um, but, you know, it'll be worthy because it's... But it pl it's from a few years ago. But it looks beautiful. It plays great. Um, you know, like, I don't... It's... There's no... Like, I don't feel like I'm getting shorted. And there's just there's so many games that have come out, even in like that you don't have to grade on a curve, um, that aren't even necessarily like classics, just like good solid flipping games that are still there around to play. And you know, especially as we all are like people with careers and such, it's like uh, and getting older and it's harder to play everything. And so I mean I, I'm staring into the next generation. With also the eye back, like there's a lot of stuff still in the old generation, or even the one before, where that's where I need that I need to play. Um, Allie, did you have anything else you wanted to say about Final Fantasy fourteen? It's it's really good. Please play this game. <laughs> like I I'm not being hyperbolic. Um, yeah, uh, if you do play, please uh, play with me on the Data Center Primal Server Exodus. I'm a beautiful lizard girl, and it's it's a fucking blast. I I think I've talked about before how I tried really hard to get into World of Warcraft, and I just hated every minute of it. And something about this game just really clicked for me. It, it like I think the biggest thing is my character actually feels like they matter in the story. They they do matter. Whereas in WoW, it's just like you stand there and. People have fun story around you, and I like being an active part of it. Mm. You know, I might have to check this out at some point because I had the do it. Wow, where I just felt do it, and <laughs> and there wasn't a lot going on to drive me for it. It was just like, okay, I guess they'll get on tonight and kill more. Do rap. it, Dan. Do it, do, Dan. Be our please. heel, bitch. You know you want to. Don't don't call him that. That's not nice. <laughs> Healing is really fun in that game, actually. You're and if not you die, buffing us hard enough. If you die in FF14, that's your fault, and you should feel bad. Uh, I just I saw uh, someone on one of the memes on one of the Reddit I follow posted a. Uh, this is the new 
sub and dom um, dynamic for the 2020s. Oh no! And it's and it's tank and healer. But look, tanks think that they have all the privilege in the world just because they can eat some damage. But uh... well, no, no. The best part is it works either way. You can be you could be a healer dom too, if your tank is a masochist. That's that's what I meant. Is tanks are dumb and need to adjust. <laughs> okay then, children. Well, thanks for sharing, Ali. Vera. <laughs> uh, so my my two picks are really really are both excellent games, but very different ones. Uh, and interestingly enough, something that I will credit is that both of these are games that I really play because of recommendations from friends. Um, I play Control because Allie was the early adopter and evangelist for it, and Yay. she got all of us to play it. And I think, I mean, read, listen to our cast on it. We we gush about how wonderful it is, and it, because it is wonderful, uh, it's such a good game. It is a game where, like, the mechanics are great. It's challenging, but fair. Uh, the story is really good. The atmosphere is wonderful. Um, it has one of the best musical beats that I can think of in story, uh, in, in, in gaming this year, or gaming in general. Again, this is no uh, intern that I've seen. It's this is really great. And uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 is a combination of both my girlfriend downloading it onto my go onto my xbox and recommending it and also dan just like giving it a really heartfelt recommendation and uh but also other people like my friend chris chris goudreau shouted out too and that was just like a beautiful cinematic story like and i'm like in the real fucking way like it is red dead redemption 2 is the type of story that you wish that you that, that you'd like to um uh the it is is uh you'd like your that you'd like your parents to experience yet you don't how how are you going to get them to play a video game for hours and hours and hours but especially it's, red dead which has a lot of controls <laughs> yes red dead is very much store and well the interesting thing that i would say about the two things is that control is a game where the smoothness of the controls and the mechanics really help out and make the story happen. While Red Dead really makes its story around its controls being kind of clunky and slow. And some of this is uh, Rockstar not caring about caring about that and focusing more on story. Um, and other parts are, I think, designers being like, okay, Rockstar's not going to let us make this smoother but then let's make the game or at least i hope or wonder i'm curious if they say i wonder if it was designed like since rockstar's not going to last make us ultra smooth game let's make this game uh let's let's have the story benefit from and uh you know and be enhanced by the clunky controls almost like the way you know an old school resident evil game is enhanced by everything being really clunky and difficult to wield and that's tense uh so yeah, two different games, both excellent stories, both a ton of both both really fun, both really fun to play, uh, and both were great to go through in COVID. Both were great to go through in COVID. I mean, it's like it's a there's a few yeah can't really re recommend either either more highly for sure. Now, Barra, I'm really glad you brought up Control because I've been re-listening to all of the music by the Old Gods of Asgard and doing so gave me a thought 
and that was when this ends and we can actually hang out together we should all when we do our our eventual get together um we should totally play and stream alan wake oh that sounds fun that'd be fun head down very very down good idea well there i also had both control and red dead redemption 2 as runner-ups for my best old game and I, I just want to quickly say that this year really was a year of looking back for me as far as gaming was concerned like most of the games throughout the rest of this list you know I put on there because they came out this year and I want to be true to that which I didn't have to be but I wanted to be um, but for me like some of my best experiences this year were playing the three games I had from the best old game category um, by and large and and the game that ultimately went out for me is Disco Elysium which I believe we talked about on other casts before but we've never yeah. actually done one on that game and I would love to do that with you all um, for those listening at home who haven't played it or tried it it's a kind of a classic role playing game with a bit more of a focus on story than on combat and they just released a free patch with like tons of content so it's like never been a better time to try it out yeah, it um, is deep, folks. It yeah. goes deep. And the more I thought about it, Barra, like I think you would really. I mean, there's there's a there's a lot of nuance to the political conversations in there, and it's just I I just think you'd really enjoy it. So I I look forward to hopefully casting about that someday with the full group. Um, but that was my best old game of the year. Uh, Tristan, what is your best old game? So. I've been trying to keep to my usual uh, modus operandi of not having a game in more than one category so I can talk about a wide array of things, which made this one a little tricky, um, but what I ended up settling on, honestly, was Among Us. Like, having, like, this was a year for games you can play with friends remotely. Mm-hmm. Like, like, let's be honest. This that was the game, uh, that that was this year, and Among Us. Like, I love that that as a whole, the internet rediscovered this game from a small indie developer and just blew it up. Yeah, I'm glad you put it on this list because that's another thing that makes the game of the year tricky. It's not just recurring games, you know, real life services for lack of a better word. It's not just games that are ported after the fact. It's also now these games that are buried somewhere in Steam, you know. Because let's face it, Steam is filled with garbage. Or whatever it, whatever console it is, and then all of a sudden become these huge breakout successes. And they came out like three years ago. You know, is it fair to include it here? So there's, you know, is it a modern, you know, a modern game that came out this year or an old one? It's it's, it's a pretty interesting conversation. But and when did Among Us first come out? Uh, 2018, oh I believe. Right, yeah. because it really only blew up this year, I think. Right. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I want to say 2017 or 2018. Yeah, I mean, like it's to me, what's fascinating too is you know, it's like Among Us is like a game where you're going to where. I mean, like literally, you're having Congress, a, a Congresswoman, like play it on charity stream. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, like you know, AOC is playing the flipping game. It's a, uh, it, it's. I mean, it, it's 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 interesting. It's interesting that it's a uh, kind of a. It's the type of game where, yeah, I think folks can 
There seems it's to be so a level easy of to accessibility. Yeah. Yeah. It's really easy to pick up. Like it's five bucks on Steam and the Switch and whatever. Free on phone. It's not restricted by I know you can play with phone and people on Steam. I don't know so much about Switch, but like it's really easy to pick up. Like it's a format everybody knows. Like everybody knows how to play like Werewolf and all these other like hidden identity games and that added mixture of like you really cannot talk to each other until you're in that meeting together is really fun. I finally mm-hmm. played it for the first time like a couple maybe about a month ago and it was so much fun. It's so good. Uh, it's and... definitely a game you need to play with people you know though. <laughs> yes. Um <laughs> yeah. now there's you cannot play with strangers. Otherwise. One of the now one of the newer um things to come out of Among Us is people have actually managed to work in proximity-based voice chat. Interesting. And let me tell you, proximity-based voice chat makes Among Us very different. Yeah. I was gonna say, I'd love to see what that game is like when you're playing in a room with people, like yeah. sitting there on your phones That'd together. That so good. More, COVID, no, more post-COVID dreaming. Right. You know another great game that's on mobile that has been around forever that everyone should play when they're in a group when we can do that again? Yeah, is, what is it? Uh, Space Team. Oh, I, I, Tristan, I honestly thought you were going to say Fate and Grand Order. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. No, you need to be alone with your waifus. I was going to say, I don't think Tristan would wish that upon anyone, not even his greatest enemies. <laughs> we, all, we all know what Gotcha Hell is like. We all know. Um, but I've talked about Space Team in the past, and it is just a fantastic game, and not nearly enough people play it. So if you are looking for another fun, in this case it's a cooperative party game, yeah, check out Space Team. It's super good, and it's been around forever. Um, great. Now, Tristan, while, we ha- while you have the floor, I want you to dig into our next category here, because I actually honestly... Have never heard of this game until I. You just haven't. I have wow, not. Wow. Okay. So what, why don't you tell us about your biggest surprise of the so, year? So for this category, my award for biggest surprise goes to Helltaker. Um. So for those of you who, do, who don't know, Helltaker came out this year, um, and it is a free puzzle game, basically. Um, the s- setup is that you have decided in your awesomeness that you need to go to hell and collect a harem of demon babes. Okay. What? Okay, now I know. Oh no! What have we done? Well, now I know why Tristan likes it. (laughs) So, so, and win them over with your chocolate chip pancakes. Dear God. Literally chocolate chip pancakes. The Japanese um, made this, didn't This got they? more no, wholesome than no, I was anticipating. No, it was not made by the Japanese. It was actually made by, I think he's an American, but he's a Westerner. Um, nope. Basically, uh, this guy was like, hey, you know what's awesome? Beautiful demon girl in, demon girls in sharp, sharply dressed in fantastic suits. What's the best way I can get people to draw more of that? I know. I will make a game featuring beautiful demon girls sharply dressed in fine suits and I will release it for free and the internet will make more art of my characters for me. 
God. And the mad fool did it. He actually did it. Um, he literally the, created a game so he could get more rule thirty. So he could get rule thirty four. Basically, yes. Um, that's it, that's actually not that that is that's not the worst idea I've ever heard. No, I can't it's believe brilliant. someone did it. Um, it I'm has, like both disappointed and impressed with this man at the same time. <laughs> yeah, and the best part is, is that the game is basically completely safe for work. I mean, you know, some yeah. things float different people's boats. Safe for um, work is one of them. But it is so it's a strategy game where you have a limited number of moves, and you need to like push and move objects and like enemies and stuff out of the way to get to the waifu at the end of each level to grow your hair. Yeah, uh, too, it's too soon, but the developer is from Poland. Okay. Well, still. <laughs> still uh, too um, soon. Cool, too I soon. can't wait to see what weird, terrible thing comes out of Poland from this developer. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, this, this developer, quote-unquote, it's one guy. Yeah. yeah. One guy made this whole game. Yeah. Uh, he did all the art, all the, I think he did all the music for himself, too. Um... Like and if you and he did not, he did not. He's, uh, he's but, no, he's no Toby Fox. That's for sure. He's no Toby Who's Fox. Toby Fox? Uh, oh, the man behind Undertale. Yeah. The oh, Undertale wait, the guy who did Undertale was one person. Yeah. He had, well, I he mean, had, no, actually, there was also Temmie. No, he had help. No, 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 no. Yeah, he had lots and lots and lots of help, but he did a ton of work on it himself. So, right, so, yeah, because, I mean, if Undertale was literally only one person's labors, it's like, my gosh, that's that's a lot of money coming into you. He spe specifically developed and did the music for that game himself. Nice. He had a lot of help, I think, especially on the design side, the art so, side. Yeah, so, yeah, basically, he was, like, the he was a very involved director. Yeah. yeah. Nice. But he had, he had help, like, yeah, Temi uh, did a lot of art. Nice. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So, but, yeah, so, yeah. but Helltaker, it is a free puzzle game you can pick it up you can complete it in like i i think average is like two hours gotcha to complete all of the levels uh and you can go back there's a secret ending you can unlock um but it it just is just this free game that showed up and turns out a lot of people like beautiful women sharply dressed in awesome suits well, I am going to take us in that same direction to R-rated adults-only content. Right, bro. Uh oh, my biggest surprise: Whoa. Paper Mario and the Origami King. Oh, <laughs> dude, you can't talk about that shit. <laughs> this, this is a family-friendly <laughs> Christian podcast. In front of my salad. Right. I, I, next, I bet you're going to talk about uncensored hand-holding. I mean, Disgusting. let's be real here. I think there's probably few characters that have been looted more over the history of video games than Mario and Princess Peach. Let's be, let's just put that out there if we really want to go with this. Yeah, it's. I just wanted to call it out. It's. It's not like the best game of the year by any means, and it has its share of problems. But coming off of a few really, really bad games, and you know, a lot of the quote unquote core Paper Mario fans who wanted to go back to its roots it's not quite there at that level but um i just thought it was a good a good game um with really good writing and lots of interesting ideas and i wasn't expecting anything from it and it came out and it was pretty good and yeah that's it's
surprise me with how good it was. So it's under biggest surprise. Hmm. Barra. Man-eater. Why don't you take us through the ocean <laughs> of a game that we're going to be talking about quite a bit. So this is once again a, a game that we casted on and it's another excellent alley recommendation. Ali's kind of been hitting the shit out of the park this year. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you play as a bull shark who uh, is mutilated and uh, after it's after it's cut out of its mother and then you eat and eat and eat through this like... Uh, colorful comedic world that's sort of a half nature documentary half spoof and uh until you get big enough and uh you go and eat scaly pete and uh that's that's the uh that or that's that's the game and it's it's remarkably simple and a lot of fun and you know you get through it at a reasonable amount of time but it is it's very pretty it's very satisfying uh and the little you know comedic bits and landmarks you can find are are a, a lot of fun um also it's if you ever like going on rampage in grand theft auto this is the best version of that because you're getting to rampage as a bull shark and then she's people come a at queen. you yeah she's a total queen and you people come at you and like once you eat enough people like the uh, you know random fishermen and cops and everyone else try to get you and then you eat them and blow up their boats till you die and then you reincarnate in your cave and you go out and can do it again uh it's it's fun it is a fun wonderful game i would have never thought at the beginning of the year that i would play a game like this and or that a game like this existed i didn't know that what i needed was a play as a shark spree killing game but <laughs> it's great <laughs> like you know it, go play it, it. it's me, 20 bucks it's yeah it's, it's worth it's your time fun as hell it makes me think Barra, and we probably mentioned this on our man eater episode it makes me think of like just this sort of i feel like lost genre of like kind of c to b grade games that are like kind of buggy and don't always work perfectly but they're just enough fun that you don't mind the bugs amid the core gameplay loop except i would also throw this out there and maybe i just got lucky with it but i didn't really encounter any games bugs when i was playing man eater like oh lucky yeah <laughs> my some trophies got bugged on the ps4 version oh no uh, and the targeting is a little wonky in game. Like the control scheme is not great. No, no, but no. It's like so the control, cathartic. Like the, the the control scheme is is not i is is not ideal. But basically, for me, everything just like ran smoothly. Even though like some of the core of this stuff could 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 be clunky. Um, but like it never like crashed or bugged out on me. Right, and, and it's um. But also to be fair, I didn't try to go for like uh. Well, I did some hundred. I didn't get to one hundred percent completion, but. I know, it's just, it's, I feel that it is, yeah, I, but going on what you say, it's still, you had some bugs and you still thought it was satisfying, and yeah, and yeah and I, 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 I do, for me, it was a, you know, it was a tight little game, even though, like, yeah, it had issues in terms of, like, jumping up and, and hitting some things, etc., but it was still, still, I think you and I would, it's still, still just fun, and yeah, I do wish that there were more games that were made for twenty bucks that were functional, playable, fun, and you could go beginning to end. And I think that this is and uh, without like this game, it didn't feel like a cheap game, you know? No, it definitely didn't. It's not. Yeah, it, it didn't feel like Man Eater doesn't feel like oh, this is just like a rip off and only an eight year old would enjoy. Like no, this is a solid, good experience. 
and they were able to make it and sell it a reasonable profit for 20 bucks. Like, and I am just, and I am curious, like, what other kinds of games you can, uh, you can go out there, uh, like, what, like, I, I really would be interested in, uh, in studios, again, you know, trying to, to, I won't say be less ambitious, but just, like, be more realistic, like, and more focused on, okay, this is what I'm trying to create, and it's going to be a fun game. Yeah, I think being able to step back and scale and just like, like, I really hope that the design process at the beginning of this game was somebody had a dream about playing a game as a shark and they're like, let's make that. Hey, hey. I, GTA, you but you're a shark. And sometimes you, you gotta follow game. your dreams. Yeah. Maybe that dream is, is making a free game where you get a whole harem of fine demon girls. Sometimes that dream is a game where you get to play as a shark and eat people. Yeah, I was just wondering before we go on to to Ali's um, Ali surprise picks, if if you also had any thoughts about the man eater, Dan? Well, I was just I was just gonna say that I, I think it you 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 brought it up, but I, I wholeheartedly agree that there are you know Naughty Dog isn't gonna make a game about being a shark and eating people because they have you know their budgets are tens of millions of dollars and they have to homogenize it a bit to appeal to the masses with whatever they're going to make so that they can make their money back. And when you have these smaller studios, indie studios, and these engines getting more and more powerful and doing more and more things, people are empowered to wake up one morning and say, I want to be a shark, and then spend <laughs> a year making that game and releasing yeah. it. And I think it, that focus helps make the games that I truly want to play. And I, I think it takes me back a bit more to like the old days of gaming for me when gaming was a newer thing and those were the kind of experiences you got all over the place but anyway it's the kind of game i would have looked at in the video rental store and said dad can i play that and he would have said no and then i would have somehow gotten a copy of it anyways <laughs> it's the sort of game that i would have picked up the shareware version as a kid and played the one shareware level like 20 times oh my god yeah right yeah wow. What? Yeah, man eater. Uh, go play it. It's good. And she's a, a big man surprise. eater. And then listen to our podcast, as Barra alluded. Yeah, definitely Watch listen to our podcast. That was a, that was one of our. I mean, we've had a oh, lot of really that, fun, good podcasts. That was our double year. feature where we talked about That's Jaws right. and Dog, Man Eater. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was fun. Yeah. No, it's uh, yeah, good, 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 good times. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyways, Ali uh, or Dan, do you want to kick it over to Ali? Yeah, that's my job, Barra. So give me the ball. Give me the ball. I'm sorry. Oh, pass me that hot potato. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. No, it's fine. Uh, yeah, let me Allie. at him, boss. Let me at hold him. Hold on, hold on a second. <clears throat> Allie. Yes. What is your pick for best surprise? Uh, thinking back on it now, it's probably not a surprise it took off. But Fall Guys, mostly because it was again one of those. It's like Among Us, where I had no idea what it was. It suddenly appeared out of nowhere. And it's just so darling and cute and equally anger-inducing at the same time, and I love it. It's just, look at the, the little beans! They're little beans, and they fall over, and they go... <laughs> and they're so cute! And I really can't believe that, one, there's a quote-unquote pro-fall guy scene, and two, that people cheat in it. You're the worst person ever if you cheat at fall guys. Okay, okay, hold on. What's worse, cheating at Fall Guys or being an Xbox slash PS5 reseller? Scalper. 
They're both bad. Um, they're both I, pretty she, bad. They both I deserve to get bad. eaten by the man-eater. How's yeah. that? I, I understand why somebody would resell things if they can get away with it. I don't understand why you would cheat in a video game, especially if mm -hmm. you're not a professional. Like, you know, when I play Apex or whatever, and, and maybe, Al, you have experience with this with Final Fantasy fourteen as well, but, like, people cheat, and I'm like, why? Like, why? What's the well, purpose so, so, of so playing Dan, So, Dan, you have game? to understand. So, Dan, you have to understand, there are a whole bunch of people out there who are basic bitches. But, but... And, I, and who <laughs> suck. That but wait, is there any money in Apex Legends, Dan? Not a lot, but there's all, they're also not in the professional scene. Like, it's just, it, it's like somebody playing a pub game and cheating. Like, oh. why? So it's not why? even like someone's pathetic and cheating for 50 bucks, which is still pathetic. Like, it's that, at that you know, you're, you're playing a gentleman's game. You're playing, you're play, you're, the money's there just for a little bit of spice. It's literally people cheating for their ego, except they're, it's not actually their ego because they're not actually winning. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's the point? You're just like, why? But the, you, you've cheated. Like, of course you won. You cheated. Like, yeah. it's just like, why bother? I mean, I, I don't know. I, Dan. I, I have to think, and this is literally only from you know cheating in Magic, which uh, we're or seeing cheating in Magic, uh, or where you know it's very frowned on in the community. Um, but and you know, Magic is even at the pro level is a pretty small amount of money. But, like, people at all levels of the game will still cheat, and it's still just weird to me because, like, what's the point? Like, you know, this is this is a game where it's either for no or nominal money. It's you're a doing children's it for, card game! No, you're doing, it, you're doing it for fun, and, like, you know, what's the sense of accomplishment of winning if you, uh, yeah, if you gave yourself an edge? Right, like, this is just a children's card game. <laughs> like, why did you, like, okay, you won, great. Like, but you cheated. So mm -hmm. exactly. Why did you bother? It's just like, oh, by the way, I want to clarify. This is not me condoning resellers and scalpers earlier. Um, I just am making a point that there is a re there is a financial reason why people who can get away with it would do something like that. Right. I just don't understand it with cheating at pub games. What, what I don't, what I don't get, with, especially the console scalpers, is like I get why Sony and Microsoft don't care. Because they've already sold the consoles. They don't care right. who they sell them to, right? Mm -hmm. What I don't get is why game developers and publishers don't care. Because if you make a game for a new console, and most of those consoles are being bought up by scalpers, you are limiting the number of people who have access to your game. So why the hell don't the publishers care? Because I think people are still buying the systems anyway. And fewer and fewer publishers are putting games out at the launch of consoles and or they're putting them out on multiple consoles yeah cough yeah. cough cyberpunk 2077 cough cough More like, like everything i can possibly think of yeah like i there's like i i can think of like a handful of games that released only on next generation consoles in fact i was gonna say spider-man but didn't spider-man miles morales also come out in ps4 yes but but what about the people who make bug snacks Bugsnacks! Bugsnacks! <laughs> Won't somebody please think of the poor Bugsnacks developer? I want the Bugsnacks, but I don't I bought, have I the Bugsnacks. I bug snacks. But yeah, that's, that's, that's my biggest surprise of the year. Also, just like, how good their marketing team is, and their social media staff, like, they're really good at what they do. They, they hired some smart, clever people there. 
And I'm really surprised that nobody has tried to majorly ape on Fall Guys' style, so to speak. Yeah. I'm sure it'll come eventually, but, like... Too late. They'll, they'll, yeah. Like, an EA will put something out in, like, two years or something. Yep. <laughs> because that's how this always goes. Let's jump on the bad wagon and milk it until it is a desiccated husk that no one cares about anymore. Yeah. Um, Allie. I'm just yes. Gonna, unless I find a cool segue, I'm just going to keep kind of looping back and like sort of uh, what you calling it down this mountain. Uh, what you calling it? I like switch, it. Switch backing, switch backing down this mountain of a spreadsheet. Oh. Uh, best story, Allie. One of okay. my fave categories. What's your because, best story? Because I can't give it to Final Fantasy fourteen because that game came out in two thousand eleven. <laughs> I'm going to give it to Yakuza Seven. Um. Which. God, that game is amazing, just off the bat. Like, I really like the Yakuza series in general. I what? really like that they're able to very... Uh, they're really good at going between the very serious and the very silly. Yeah, the very silly. The very, very silly. But so, so, Allie, the, um, so Allie uh, about, about Yakuza 7, Allie, why are the baby men back? I don't know, but I love it. <laughs> I thought but I was free of them. I was going to say, I'm always really surprised when you get to a serious plot point in Yakuza 7 and it, like, brings tears to my oh, eyes. Like, yeah. I was w- watching through the ending of this latest one with my husband and we were both crying. And he doesn't usually, like, get teary-eyed during games. Allie, I don't get it either, and I will say I'm not far enough into it to give it any awards right now, but I have started this, and it is my first Yakuza, and I have the same experience. Like, I just don't understand why these cutscenes are impacting me in these ways, but... They're so good! Because it's just so... Like, a lot of it just so dumb, but... (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That's Yakuza, Dan! Then something... melodramatic happens and it's just like whoa and then like it's sort of this really nice balance of this is so melodramatic but not to the point where it's parody if that makes sense Mm -hmm. but maybe that's just because i like these kinds of stories already like it's a you know basically like it's a it's like a japanese mob story it's a yakuza story so it's of course gonna have all this really like there's like stuff about like people going missing and and babies being swapped and just like all sorts of like wacky stuff but it all works which is to say it is definitely a game that i would have to recommend with caveats because on the one hand they're really good about a lot of like really touchy issues Mm -hmm. like sexuality and gender and then at the same time they're really not yeah bear in mind this is a very japanese game made by a very Japanese studio published by Sega. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but yes, the Yakuza series as a whole is fantastic. And I think a big... I think one of the things it really has going for it is the acting. Because the Yakuza series hires actual Japanese actors, many of whom have been in or are famous for their roles in crime dramas. And... Basically, like, motion cap, face cam them in. So you're saying if I, if and when I play Yakuza 7, uh, which I may very well uh, because of all these Do it. you're saying. Yes, Tris. I, I, uh, I will also say that it, so far it's my favorite part of the game. 
So, but I should just I should do it with the Japanese the audio. It shouldn't be. Oh uh, God, yes, do the Japanese audio. Japanese audio, not English audio. Yes. Yeah. Oh, is it like the, what the third game in the whole entire Yakuza-esque franchise second. with the dub? Because I know. The I don't know Fist, if Lost did. Um, the Fist of the North Star had an English dub. Judgment has an English dub. I think this might be the third or the fourth one that has an English dub. Then it's the fourth. Dub. Then it's the fourth because the original Yakuza. So the original oh, right, Mark Yakuza Hamill. game. Yes, the original Yakuza game had an English dub and it had Mark Hamill as Goro Majima, which is like mind blowing. Wait, Mark Hamill was one in the English voice cast? Yeah. So the English yeah, voice the cast actually game. doesn't seem that bad. Oh, it, it's I, actually bad. It's Mark bad. Hamill. Uh, Mark Hamill doesn't even remember doing the role. What? <laughs> yeah, people asked him if he was going to come back, and he was like, "Wait, what? What are you talking about?" Like, it'll be like, "Yeah, you voiced this character in Yakuza One." He's like, "I have no recollection of voicing that character." It's not good, Barrett. Go just watch it's, a clip on YouTube. It's, it's fun, but it's good. not something I want to listen to twenty hours, twenty thirty hours of. No. That being no. said, I'm playing it with English dubs, and it sounds great. Like, I think so, they did a good job with the voice acting. So, I mean, um, they probably took this opportunity to recast it, because the Yakuza series has finally actually gained a following here in America. Um, the best the best metaphor I've ever heard for the Yakuza games is that they are a Martin Scorsese flick constantly interrupted by episodes of The Simpsons. Yeah. I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and all and Barra, you and Dan should both play Zero at some point because holy shit! I, like I I I know some like Dan, you don't really care for like the brawling side, but it is so satisfying. And Zero is probably like the most flushed out world out of all of the Yakuza games. And it takes place in the 80s. Cool. Nice. Uh, Allie, was there anything else that you wanted to say about um, Yaka's uh, 7 slash Like a Dragon for the story? Uh, no, that was about it. Uh, just, I really like the story. I've These games are really good at making me feel invested in the characters, and I was definitely a little nervous going into it, considering there was a change of protagonist. But I really I love Ichiban and I'd kill a man for Ichiban. <laughs> I I am getting, he's growing on me. I will. He's say. he's got huge himbo energy. So, I'm not even joking. So so so, so I, I I gotta ask then, Allie. Mm-hmm. If uh, you know if Ichiban was real, and uh, COVID ends and you and get to go to Super Mario World in Japan for your honeymoon. Would you invite Ichiban to spend a day with you guys? Oh my god, yes. He's a oh, yeah. hu- he's a huge himbo and he's also a huge nerd. <laughs> he, he's he's very goofy. Um which is a but he's openly goofy. Yeah. Which is a big change for the Yakuza series. Because basically, like Yakuza's like three, four, and five have had like other playable characters and Zero had Majima as a playable character. But Yakuza's 0 through 6 have primarily been about Kazuma Kiryu, who is, like, just this epitome of manliness and awesomeness. 
I mean, I'd say it's more than that. Like, he's just a very different kind of, like, kind-hearted than oh, yeah. Ichiban is. Ichiban wears his heart on his sleeve, whereas Kiryu is much more reserved. Yeah, well, well I was going to say, Kiryu is a secret dork. Like, he's a character who you don't expect to be as dorky as he is. But then you get into the substory, like, oh, man, this guy is a doofus. And it's great. And yet he's still manly as hell! So gar! I am so gar for Cosmic Kiryu. Ah! So basically, he's... And, and Kiryu's the, the protagonist in the current game. So basically, if you if you want to, if you play the other ones, you get, uh, you get like, stoic secret dork. And this one, it's just like, yeah, I'm going to let it hang all there out while, like, while doing I'm my just, thing. I'm just airing it out. I played way too... I got super depressed and went to a brothel and played way too much Dragon Quest. That's Ichiban. <laughs> Kazuma Kiryu is like, I did, like, this weird phone sex thing and I'm not gonna talk about it. But what about... No! We don't talk about it. Now let's go do karaoke. Um, <laughs> awesome. Barry, you've mentioned it earlier, but your best story of the year is... Well, it's an old game, but to be fair, uh, I didn't realize Fall Guys came out this year, but I only played a small amount, but I enjoyed it. I've only played, like, three new games, and, you know, I could have said Maneater because that was fun and that would have been technically correct, but, you know, the best story that I played this year, and I think a lot of people played this year, was Red Dead Redemption 2. Though Control is, Control is close, but, yeah, Red Dead is, again this wonderful story that you do wish that, you know, other people who didn't play video games or people who didn't want to invest as much time or didn't have as much time to invest in a video game uh, could experience. It is it is beautiful, excellent. Um, you know, I'm not going to say that it's not... It's not just, like, you know, point for point, like, you know, perfection. Uh, you know, like, for me, you know, if, I, if you're going to ask me, like, what's, like, you know, kind of point for point perfection type stories i'd probably say you know like the starcraft 2 wings of liberty just like is what would go into that as like you know like really fucking satisfying beginning to end and similarly uh you know and uh you know, a flip side of that in terms of like you know why is a perfect story although again this may be also nostalgia goggles but the first deus ex is just like oh my gosh um yeah that 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 ending where like you know you're where you're running out of area 51 as everything is blowing up it's like Mwah. Chef's kiss, but you know that be but so yes, and there's like a few like I guess small off notes about, but like there's so many individual stories in this that are perfect, and and, and you know what? Yeah, I still I, I'll put it up there with Starcraft too. This is like fuck it, because again, it's so the thing about Red Dead too, it spoils you with so many good small moments and so many great big epic ones that are well done that like. Yeah, it's just like, it's just, there's so much of it, and it is so good. I mean, from literally going to rescue a kid and then walking away as a plantation burns down in the background, to doing something you feel genuinely bad about, and then later, like, you know, trying to make up for it, but making up for it while also, you know, like, accepting responsibility for the bad shit you've done, to one of the great things about what happened if you got everything you ever wanted in the crazy wild fantasy, or the person who, what if, what if the, what if the mentally ill dreamer who you've all been following on actually, his plan works, and then that's also a nightmare. Uh, 
And by the way, that's only two thirds. That, that that's only like less. That's only forty percent of the way through the game. You think, oh, that's the ending? No. Uh, the game Red Dead Two is an amazing story, and great, uh, amazing story. Great, uh, great ending, and with side missions that are just fucking per. That are also fucking. Uh, that are also fucking perfect. I mean, you. Uh, you should play it. It's it is the it is the great it, it is one of the it is the Red Dead Redemption Two is the great western of the 2010s. Um, nothing came out in film that's going to be equal to Red Dead Redemption Two in the 2010s. Um, I'm a, I'm a little sad that I don't think anyone got my song reference for our Red Dead Redemption Two podcast. What was the song Maybe reference? Uh, so this, there's a song which is called uh, there's a song a gringo like me by the Helltakers, which is what I tried to reference in my opening, and none of you got that. And I hope some of the listeners got that. Um, made me a little sad. Uh, it didn't go for something as obvious as, like, the good, the bad, and the ugly, which is, I mean, we could have called it, like, like, the bear of the alley and the hype or something, but oh well. Yeah, well, I mean, but, but I mean, I, I've raved about, you guys should definitely listen to our Red Dead 2 podcast, but uh, Dan, do you, since as someone who's played Red Dead 2 and who, uh, you know, recommended that, you know, what, what are your thoughts in terms of, like, it is a story and such? Oh, I think it's a really great story. Um, the presentation of it's very cinematic. Um, if, you know, one way that people describe storytelling in games like a um, Hideo uh, Kojima is that it's a game is almost like a museum and it's like an amalgamation of different things that come into one cohesive product right yeah so as a as a film piece of a game i think red dead redemption 2 is is awesome um so many great moments like you said um which you may or may not see depending on how you play as we talked about during our podcast the last episode of this before before now um before this one but the other type of storytelling that i much prefer is the storytelling in my pick for best story. Nice transition. You like hey. that? You like that? I you fucking like love that? it, Dan. I'm so oh, good. It's good oh, shit. I got, I, got more, I got more for us later anyway, but uh, is uh, Hades. And I'm going to talk more about Hades later too. Um, spoilers, I really, really like this one. Uh, but Hades to me tells a story unique to the medium in that it's a bit more environmental and a bit more, um, what's the word? It's more tailored to your your play. Um, and Hades really takes us to another level um, where, so there's a baseline plot, which is that you play the son, uh, son of Hades, named Zagreus, who's trying to basically make his way out of- Fuck Hades. you, dad, I'm gonna go do my own thing. <laughs> um, and basically, that's the that's the like the overall all story. It's really simple. It's a roguelike, so it's just like you're consistently doing these runs over and over again to try to escape. But the nice thing about it is that it contextualizes a lot of the things that you do, and it is a Greek uh, mythology tale, which has been done and done and done and done and done. Sort of like a western's been done and done and done and done and done, but. In much the same way that Red Dead Redemption tells a nice narrative, Hades just really does take a nice new spin on the characters and the Greek gods and their relationships with one another. And it 
applies the gaming pieces where you fail, how you fail, who you talk to, who you spend more time and give gifts to among the characters, you know, random chance that certain Greek gods team up with each other throughout the game offers all these different story beats and their conflicts that they have amongst each other. And there's, um, there's a greater purpose to why you, you're escaping, which is told later and I don't want to spoil this capacity, uh, even though this is called the spoiler cast, but I just love the way that it, they clearly went gameplay first, but then told like a really, really nice story on top of it and contextualize everything you do in a way that makes it feel uniquely like yours. Nice. I just I love Super Giants writing yeah. in all of their games. What else is Super Giant done? Uh, so there's Bastion, Transistor? Transistor. Yeah, Bastion, Transistor, Pyre, and then Hades. So I've never played any of them, but I've heard Bastion is gorgeous oh. and amazing. Yeah. Um, so Barry, you should at least play Bastion and Transistor. Um, so when I was playing Cyberpunk twenty seven. 2077 I actually specifically set out to make my V look like red from Transistor because I had that option and I was going to take it and I would personally say play Hades before any of their other games I think it's their best game we'll get that bet later (laughs) really really (laughs) yeah but their story I I haven't played Hades so I can't say much about it other than it's on my it's in the list for me as game I wish I had played. It's also I a just, great... I never got around to it. It's also, I mean, for what it's worth, so fun to watch someone play. Like, watching Dan play Hades was just great. I guess the main hesitation why I haven't played before is just like, it seems like it's gonna just like, it seems so fucking hard. <laughs> it's pretty, it gets tough. And you can make it more and more difficult, but it... Yeah, we'll talk... We'll probably have another cast or, or, or get to it later on down the list here, but it's... They they definitely you failure is still rewarded. Like you you know, you, you can't lock yourself into an inescapable situation. So you're always getting better. Nice. Um but highly recommended great story. Great. Tristan. Your pick for best story. Uh oh, he's muted. So for no no, I'm here, I'm here. Alright. Um I was just getting up a bunch and I didn't want my chair to make too much noise while you guys were talking. I appreciate that. The sound levels, thank you. Yeah. So, for me... So, again, I had to stick with my mo- typical modus operandi. I wanted to put certain games at least once in here. Uh, and there were a bunch of games with some great stories. A whole bunch of them were stories we've already seen. But I had to give a shout-out to the remaster of The Wonderful 101. Because that story... Like... It's a kind of wacky, like, Power Rangers, Sentai, Gurren Lagan game. But in that game, there is actual, like, character development, character growth, a lot of backstory, even into certain, like, even going into, like, the previous conflict. But what really gets me on the Wonderful 101 is how that game handles scale. That game starts, you are one hero, and you grab like a, you know, you sort of like rope a whole bunch of civilians into being temporary heroes, and it ends with you fighting for the sake of the planet against a huge, like, it goes from, it goes from, um, 
like the like least like baseline Ultraman to the end of Gurren Lagann where you are fighting like a universe of enemies and bosses that you faced tens of hours ago tens of hours ago are now regular enemies and you are just slaughtering them wholesale that game grows and builds and builds and builds and builds and you're like okay this is where a normal game would stop but wonderful 101 just goes no we're building and building and building okay can we go any further yes we can go further this is to go even further beyond oh i love that game so much it has such technical issues but that game is so great Hey, Tristan, I take back everything I said in thanking you for the levels. <laughs> hey, hey, it wouldn't be a spoiler cast if I didn't make your life a living hell. <laughs> um, while you are riding your your wave of energy, um, <laughs> let's get into the next category, which is favorite moments of the year. So I, so I didn't want to give this to an EA game, but it was so magical that I had to. And, and the is. only thing the only thing that has topped it this year and folks, folks, I am trying to get them to watch it. Believe me, I am trying with every fiber of my being to get them into it so we can spoiler cast it. The only thing that has matched this, especially in the context of that fandom, is the finale for The Mandalorian Season 2. So, my favorite moment, the moment that made me gush just the most, that immediately came to mind... So, EA put out <laughs> Star Wars Squadron. I'm very confused what this has to do with video games right now, just to oh, let I'm you know. Oh, I'm getting into it. Here's I'm some, getting into it. It has to do with Star Wars. A through Z to get to this, this favorite moment. <laughs> Well, I'm not sure if this through... is selling me on the idea of watching Mandalorian more. <laughs> well, in this case, it's A through X. Because my moment is when I got into... When I was playing uh, Star Wars Squadrons on PlayStation VR with my VR headset on. And I got to climb into an X-Wing and go through the whole pre-fight checklist in VR. And it was Beautiful. Like, you're sitting in the cockpit, you're looking at the controls, you can see yourself, like, pushing the buttons, you, they're lowering your, your astromech droid in, and you can turn around, and you can look behind you, and you can see it being lowered, and it's like, hey, buddy, we're gonna go blow up some space Nazis, it's gonna be great! And you go through this whole, like, the whole pre-fight checklist in your X-Wing, and you've got the VR headset on, and you can see yourself doing it. And I've got, like, a gaming bucket chair, so it's like I'm sitting in my pilot seat doing it. And it's beautiful. Fuck you, EA. Why'd you have to make a game so great? Yeah, I might check that out at some point. So, so I, I grew up... VR, so. So I grew up playing uh, X-Wing... And I grew up playing TIE Fighter way back when. And it has been a long time since Star Wars fans have had anything close to approaching that. This is that, 
but now with VR. And it's beautiful. And I hate you, EA. <laughs> I hate you. So, so Trace, uh, are you saying that like I should buy Squadrons then? Since it sounds like it's a, a good game. Do you have a VR headset? No, but I don't really like VR very much. To be perfectly honest, it kind of gives me a headache then, after time. Then I would wait. Now you can play the game without VR, and it's very much it, it, it's super in the vein of X-wing and Tie Fighter. I mean, and yeah, that's kind of what games, I want out of life. If you want, if you love those games, then Squadrons is a good, like, hey, we've jumped forward several generations in technology. Here's the new version of that. Yeah. Uh, just be careful because the multiplayer is filled with Ace Combat fans, and they are very serious about their dogfighting. Interesting. Um, <laughs> the one thing I will say about Squadrons coming from and being an ace combat player is it's really hard to get used to the control scheme for squadrons um because the the default control there are two main control schemes for squadrons uh one is the default system which focuses heavily on yaw so just just turning and looping and stuff and the other is like traditional flight controls which I'm like oh great that's perfect I just you know I've played Ace Combat 7 just recently uh, so I should be able to adapt to that and sure it's normal flight controls but normal like like normal flight controls air quotes are really heavily based on having a horizon and having to deal with physics of being in atmosphere and don't translate well to space where you have no horizon and you have no atmospheric drag. Um, so control scheme's a little weird. My other big gripe with the squadrons is that it is balanced for multiplayer and not balanced for cannon. If that makes any sense. How's the it single not, player, it though? It does not to me, but... The, I, I know you're a big, you're a big Star Wars fan. So it, it, I'm glad to hear that it was a, a enlightening experience. To so climb into the so Sorry, no, no, it's fine. I just want to, to quickly. So so basically, um, so you're saying that like the the, the power levels don't really match the uh, of the ships don't really match match how it is in the in canon. Right. So basically, what you're um, saying is that a Tie Fighter is equivalent to, to a to an X Wing. Even though in the canon, X-Wing, TIE Fighters are better ships, even though in the movies, the X-Wings seem to hold their own pretty damn fine. Well, no, no. So, so what it is is that, so in canon, like in universe, right? A, an X-Wing is a just straight up, like, better ship than a TIE Fighter. Where a TIE Fighter has its advantage is in speed and maneuverability. And numbers. Oh. But, but an X-Wing has su vastly superior advantage in firepower, in shielding, in survivability, what have you. Uh, so in canon, like, one X-Wing is, like, roughly equivalent to, like, two or three TIE Fighters. And this is, like, like if you're taking, like, piles, it, it, it's a weird comparison, but, like, like a, a, an X-Wing should be... An, 
all-around improvement, except in terms of speed and maneuverability, over an X-Wing. But in order to balance things for multiplayer, the X-Wing is significantly better in squadrons than it should be. Stuff like that. Stuff like that. Though I will say, hopping into an A-Wing and throwing on Eurobeat while space drifting around TIE Fighters is fucking awesome. I had to supply the Eurobeat myself, but it's still fucking awesome. Tristan, I hate to sound like a troll, but that was the longest favorite moment ever. <laughs> it, is, it is all good. One, one, one last thing, because I'm g genuinely curious about thing though. I mean, we can, and it could be if it could be brief. Although I'm, I'm fine with be longer, but it seems like folks want to get to their favorite moments. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking down the barrel of the rest of the the cast. Yeah, I didn't find out. We're at over an hour. We'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. We'll move on. I, I won't ask about the single player. Um, the single player is pretty damn neat. That's where I'd say most of the value actually is. Nice. Yeah, I, I hope I, I hope to check that out that one out soon. Um, I I will go through. I have a couple favorite moments. I'll go through them. Um, one is alluding to Hades, just beating my first run of Hades. Took a long time, so that was exciting. Um, another one was playing Bug Snacks. Um, I just something about the bungers stuck out to me and their bunger 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 voice. Um, <laughs> these basically hamburger creatures with fries for tusks um, which I loved Borger Borger but I think this is good but I think my favorite moment was actually um, we'll, we'll talk about it more I think later but when my wife joined my Animal Crossing Island um, at a time when COVID really you know the COVID lockdowns had really just started um, that game came out at just the perfect time and you know we don't play very much together but that was really fun bonding time with us where we had our island together and helped each other out and got each other gifts and stuff it was really really nice anyway, those are my this, favorite moments it was really cute walking into your house and like seeing the portrait you had of her in your house oh, yeah. on your island yeah. <laughs> Dan's a wife guy spoiler alert but we love him my wife oh yeah my partner. So, so we already know who Dan's answer for best wife of the year is. Obviously. <laughs> and she's in a game, technically. Oh, what's that, Dan? Are you having to go back and change your list around now? Mm. I, 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 I will say on that note, I've, I've been trying to be better. I, I mentioned, I said it here, but I've been trying to be better about using the word partner uh, when, when talking because I think it's uh, more fitting more fitting word too and that's actually what when we did our vows that's what we did we, and now pronounce you partners for life was our yeah. so oh, that's adorable gross it is, it i is remember that too because i was there it is definitely something that i'm working working on a little bit but anyway so dan if you really want to gosh and be like oh i actually still have my invite to your wedding it's up on my mantle oh just a few just a few inches away from my uh diplomas <laughs> Very nice. Um, uh, Barra, favorite moment? Uh, favorite moment, again, and this feels like a great big cheat, but, like, on the flip side, like, 
I don't know. There weren't a lot of games this year that really seemed to grab that really seemed to grab me or or get or, or get recommended where I also got the time and I was mostly playing old games. But I mean, honestly, there's a scene in Red Dead Redemption Two near the end where you basically you are you are dying, and then you basically go on one last ride to try to do the right thing, um, and music comes in. And there's like a golden glow, like it starts out with you putting on your hat, and like uh, there's slow. It's just like it's beautiful. It is such a moving, powerful moment, and it's just like it's so good. Uh, it's re. It's just a. It's a. It, it's one of the great in a game with many great moments and with a and with a great and memorable story. That was definitely my favorite because it's also really fucking earned. Because you essentially go from being a, you know, not necessarily from from being, not the worst man, but not not a not a terribly good one, to be to trying to be a good man at the end of your life, and but doing that in a genuine way that doesn't try to paper over your imperfections and the fact that before. That um, that beforehand, a lot of what you've done and what you thought was valued really wasn't really wasn't important. So, uh, yeah, great game. That was my favorite moment playing video games this year. Nice. That was a great moment. I have to agree with that. Um, very much so. But now we have to move to something that's been I've been staring at for about ten things <laughs> now that I just have to know about, which is Ali's. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing, but also the second half of Allie's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so again, I really wish I could Final Fantasy fourteen in every category in here, except for most disappointing. I'll never be disappointed in that game. Um, but <laughs> again, the story in that is absolutely phenomenal. I can't. I can't even begin to express just how amazing it is, and I've actually been replaying the story on an alt, on a second character, and it's really crazy to me how even... So, we just had a patch 5.4 about... It'll be two weeks tomorrow, and it's crazy to me how stuff that happened in, like, A Realm Reborn, which is, like, the first part of this game... Yeah. is still relevant and important in 5.4. Like, the way that the writers at Square Enix have been able to craft this amazing overarching story and keep all these really important threads going and never feel old is absolutely insane to me. I, especially in um, the latest expansion, Shadowbringers, is, I think honestly one of the best Final Fantasy stories of all time. Like ever. Not just in FF14 and all of the Final Fantasy franchise. Um, it's absolutely brilliant and the whole thing is worth the slog that is the very beginning of the game. Which they, they patched up. I know a lot of people have talked about it and myself as well about how they tidied it up a bit which is why I've been replaying through it on a different character to see the changes. So and really good quality of life changes. But to get to the other half <laughs> Thank you. is Nugget the Chicken. What the fuck is Nugget? Let me tell you about, what is Nugget, tell the you about Nugget the Chicken. Nugget the Chicken. You don't know which, because you haven't played Zero. 
You well, don't play Yakuza Zero. Well, hold on, Tristan. That. It's my moment now. Right, you had go, your go, long go, go, moment go, go. about your airplane game or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Nugget the chicken. You meet in a side story. Um, in Yakuza 7, and she's been in other Yakuza games, and I believe she was also in the Fist of the North Star game as well. Um, you, uh, happen upon a struggling, uh, confectionery business, like mom and pop shop, and it turns into one of the things that Yakuza is, the series famous for, is really weird-ass minigames. Mm-hmm. So in this one, you help turn this little mom and pop shop into, like, a huge corporate conglomerate whose mascot <laughs> is Nugget the Chicken. <laughs> and it's amazing. You have these, later on in the minigame, you have these board meetings that you send employees to with different powers and stats and whatnot. And Nugget the Chicken is one of your strongest starting members that you can take to a board meeting. <laughs> and she's precious and I love her. So, Nugget makes me happy. Sometimes so- in the game they'll be like, Oh, hey, we're running an ad on TV that has Nugget in it. Our sales are up because everybody loves Nugget. Everybody loves Nugget. Those, and those Nugget are my is gaming an actual moments chicken. Of yes, Nugget, Nugget is, is an actual, actual chicken that sits on your desk. Yep. So, so you first meet Nugget in Yakuza 0, where you win Nugget as a prize in a bowling contest. Nice. Wow. Yeah. yeah, Nugget is, is Nugget is chicken. beauty. Nugget is grace. Uh, she'll cluck right in your face, and I'll just leave it at that for other All people to discover to the, the glory. Of, I'll leave it at that for other people to discover the glory of Nugget the chicken. Mm, amazing. I did hey, not get point. Thank you. Hey, for wait sharing. a minute. Wait a minute. Who's who's the manager of this real estate firm? Oh, right now it's Nugget. Wait, I'm sorry, Nugget. Yeah, it's a chicken. No She's wonder your sales really are in the toilet. Job. And then there'll be another scene that's super dramatic and makes you cry right after that or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's Yakuza, Dan. <laughs> um, moving on. <laughs> to, okay, so I guess we'll start with Barra and then Tristan uh, on the most disappointing game. So we talked about it a bit at the beginning, so I guess feel free to add on any follow-up thoughts. But you both had Cyberpunk 2077 yeah. game, so why don't you dig into that a little bit, starting with Barra. Wait, so I had a union text briefly in this. Did did you mention your favorite moment yet, Dan, or no? Yep. Okay, sorry about that. There was someone was someone was in distress, so I think that I missed that when I was checking checking that in. Um, Not a problem at all. Um, but yeah, just is a crazy thing. So be so. Is it when you do the first run in '80s, it's totally worth it when it's finally beaten, and that makes you feel good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it took me 30 hours, so. 30 hours for one? Wow. Yep. Cool. And sorry, 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 readers, like, you know, I should just turn off, I should turn off my phone, but someone had had an issue I needed to resolve. Um, any case, uh, Cyberpunk, let's go at it, Dan. Tristan, you go first. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so I, I actually have several things. I actually have a first, second, and third rating here. Uh, my d- most disappointing game. And I'll get into two and three when it comes around to my turn. Um, but I had Cyberpunk as number one, if only for the sheer number of people disappointed. Yeah. I have not seen a clusterfuck this bad since uh, Duke Nukem Forever. What's that? A highly anticipated game by a very famous studio 
which has been delayed over and over and over and over again and has been in development for over seven years finally comes out and it's really disappointing huh you'd think people would have learned by now you know I, I, I will say I mean I don't necessarily know if anybody was really thinking that Duke Nukem Forever when it finally came up it basically become a meme of how long it fucking took but I don't know yeah. were, were people really thinking that it was going to be the greatest game of all time no but it's the closest analogy I can make to Cyberpunk 2077. No, I mean, Duke Forever was a, a failure. Um, oh, and I think it's a fair wild. analogy, but I think the flip side is, is that, like, people were literally thinking about and defending, and we were looking forward to this as, like, this is a great game. This is going to be the motherfucking Witcher 3. It had Keanu in it, but we love Keanu. We How do love Keanu. He's apparently, Keanu. Like a, he's apparently a lovely human being in real life. Wow. Oh, oh, no, no. Don't get me wrong. Keanu is probably one of the few Hollywood actors of this era who will retire without a major scandal to his name. Like... Dude lives in a New York apartment and sends money to his family on the regular. He has a honestly a really I don't want to I don't want to dig into it too much but like honestly kind of a sad history to him. Yeah, he does. He does. And he uh, does. Really does. No, I mean And I think that helps keep I have him a lot of grounded. respect for him. Definitely. Yeah. And yeah, and everyone if thing I've heard just in terms of like, you know, background gossip about Keanu Reeves is that like he's someone who is a, a lovely person to work with and you know yeah. again just you know and he treats fans well and, and well, I mean it's well, Barra, yeah. Barra did you did you hear yeah uh, uh, earlier this year a whole bunch of women came out and talked about Keanu Reeves and said that a few years ago he took them on some very fine dates and was a very fine gentleman and nothing scandalous happened you know it's again you know it's like <laughs> I, he's he's, he's a, look. He's a good. Du- he he's he he seems to be a good dude. I I hope that the I, I hope that that is I actually wish true. Nothing I, but the best for him. And, and yeah, and I for the moment I wish nothing for the best for him. And you know, I also think it's a credit. That, you know, the Bill and Ted movie was quite fun this year, and it's nice that he decided to collaborate <laughs> with his friend, who's far less famous and far less well yeah. to do another yeah, movie. Yeah, that's that's kind of weird. You know, um, yeah. It's I'm, like I'm still hoping. That the eventual end of the John Wick series is a phone booth comes down and Alex Winters comes out like, Ted, what are you doing? We gotta save the past. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in terms of cyberpunk, and I wrote that I had a bit of a complicated notation here. So I'm just going to read it's like, Cy... Cyberpunk, but maybe not. And the maybe re- not? And, and the reasoning is this. I've started it, and I started with, like, the Nomad introduction, and I've ranted and probably spent a bit of my powder already, you know, just, like, in friend stuff off the cast. But what's remarkable to me about Cyberpunk 2077 is, is that it fucked up the thing that I just figured that... Triple A studios, or even like studios making a role playing game at this point, should know how to do, which is your opening hook. Like, you want to, if you're making a big, expansive world where you do shit in it, um, you want to hook, well, when when the world is small, you want to hook people in. 
Um, yeah. And this stuff, like, classic, one of my favorite hooks in all of games is one from when I was in fucking high school when I was playing Elder Scroll, well, Elder Scrolls for mm-hmm. Oblivion. And, like, Patrick Stewart is like, Oblivion comes. And then, like, yeah. the frickin', like, be. Big hole. I saw you in a dream. Yeah, so yeah, exactly, exactly. You know what I'm talking about. We all know. We all played yeah. it. It was great. And then it like sweet, you know that that big epic music, and it swings into your cell, and then Emperor Uriel Septim comes, and it's like, and it's Patrick fucking Stewart. And then yeah. you're going through, you're doing your tutorial thing. He and he dies. It's like find my son. And then yeah, it's like it's fucking on. It's just like of course we're into this. Let's fucking go. Uh. That's there, and then you know another example of you know like so, a, a, well, of a game. Well, so Barra, so Barra. What? So you talked about the Nomad opening, just for the sake of uh, context. I'd like to tell you about the corporate opening. The corporate opening is you are summoned to your corporation by your boss. You go into your building. You talk with some of your coworkers. You talk to your boss, and your boss is like, man, shit really went down in that corporate espionage mission. Hey, this rival of mine just came to power. Why don't you, like, get some people you trust, wink, wink, together, and wink, wink, deal with the problem. You're like, sure, boss, I'll get right on that. And so you leave your corporate building, and you go to the local bar. Like, literally, it's not even a ten-minute drive. And you meet with your buddy, Jack. And you're like, hey, I just got this job from my boss to deal with this corporate up-and-comer who's kind of, like, harshing his vibe. You want in on this? And then, like, 15 seconds later, corporate goons come in, tell you you've been fired, and you've been... And he give you your severance, basically, and that's it. So, like, literally, I went to the bar down the street and got fired. So, things are a little more complicated with the Nomad opening, but before I actually talk about the Nomad, I just want to also talk about other games that got things right, which is, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. Um, the opening of that, where you, where, where you witness the Saren betrayal and, uh... And, and and it's like you know it's like big fucking Star Trek shit and it's like it's on, yeah. Uh, you know, Fallout another Bethesda game Fallout Three. You are you, you go yes. go through your uh yeah you go through your life um and yeah and, as a kid you no know, as a kid and and then you know and then the, as an infant exactly and then by the time you're out of it you're fully formed you have your motivations you're ready to go uh and who is your dad. Also, Liam Neeson. Bethesda, Bethesda exactly. had a really good streak of like having excellent voice acting, uh, voice acting cameos in there. Uh, although Liam was a lot more than just a fucking cameo. Uh, I, yeah. I will say that um, even bad games, uh, like you know, I ended up being very disappointed with uh, Far Cry, with uh, with, 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 uh, with, with, with with the latest with the latest Far Cry. Um, yeah, and Far Cry. Yeah, but that's that's a discussion for another day. Well, actually, that is is that uh that Far Cry Five is also a great cast that you could if you want to see us totally fucking ripping apart something. Um, but Far Cry Five has a really compelling opening that really makes you invested 
in uh, both in the character and in the world, an investment that it portray that it portrays with its cowardice and laziness throughout the rest of the game. Yeah. But how about that Ubisoft? But you know it's cowards. But it's still uh, but it but it still it still loops you in, and you know the nomad opening was like oh you know I'm I'm here I'm in this place and then I have like two dialogue options. And my voice actor is going to, like, argue about how to fix my car. Doesn't seem to really matter. The sheriff's going to come in and say, oh, I don't like you nomads. And the corpse brought order. But it's just, like, doesn't really give you significance. I do super clunky controls to get to a radio tower. I literally thought I couldn't get to the top of the radio tower because of all it's, glitchy and shit. Um, it's still more than you got in the corporate opening. Then I drive out. Oh, oh no, there's more. And then I go to a border checkpoint. Uh... Then I get, and then he turns us in for smuggling, and then I'm shot, and then I'm shot at randomly until I make it out. I find out I'm smuggling an iguana, and then like this, uh, and then the guy who I'm smuggling is like, "Hey, let's become partners and let's fucking party," and that's that's it. It's just like I got no investment, yeah. I got no idea about this world. Uh, now there should know, have been a full quest line before you party up with Jack. And do that scene where you're trying to rescue the woman from the, uh, like, body parts guys. You know, in many ways, I think it, the game would have been better if literally that was the opening. I'm serious. Right? That's a lot better than, right? like, you know, Jack and you are doing something is a far better opening than this thing that yeah. they tacked on. And even then, like, I don't get uh, why I should care about this world, why I should care about people. Like, I'm not caring about anybody in this world. I'm caring for, very, for, for why I'm rescuing people. Except, I mean, it's... it's exactly. It, there, there's just no... The game, so far, has no soul, and I'm not really knowing, like, why it's, I care about these people and what's at stake in Night City. Like, I know what... Barra. What? Barra, it's almost like it's a product created by a horrible corporation. In this cyberpunk dystopia in which we are all living. But, I mean, to push back on that in terms of the things, like, you know, Red Dead Redemption 2 is a great game made by Rockstar, which is, in May, was a horrible fucking company. Um, <laughs> with bad fucking practices. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. and similarly, you know, uh, and, you know, I can't speak to how Bethesda was when they made those those great games. I think they have a bit of a mixed reputation. Uh, or, well, here, here's the thing about Bethesda, is that Bethesda got other people to make great games for them. Well, I mean, but, and, and, and yeah, and it's like, you know, but the thing is, is that, you know, like, but that, yeah, and yeah, no, there's there's definitely things, but we'll go too into the, but like, you know, bad companies can make good games, and yes, good, can. and most, and even a bad game can have the beginning of it look polished as hell, and why is that? Oh, yeah. Because the fucking beginning of the thing is your first impression of it. I mean, another thing, yep. recent other game, you know, Red Dead 2 has a really good opening. It teaches you how to do things. It immediately gets you invested in and involved in the, involved in the story. It, it familiarizes you the mechanics. And by the time that you're out on the open prairie, it's like, wow, cool. There's all this shit I can do. I know how to do it. Yeah. I'm interested in these characters. I want to literally bring back game to the stew pot because when we were starving on top of the mountain, that made me think that this is an important thing to do. There's literally, by the way... No, hardly any mechanical yeah. advantage, if any, to feed your people in Red Dead. But I nearly never went back to camp without a deer or a tur or two turkeys because, on my horse. Because that's what you do. You provide for the group. 
damn it. Yes. God. Yes. So anyways, I've taken a bit too long, but I will say well, that say that I am the main thing with maybe not is that I'm curious when it gets patched to death about whether right. Cyberpunk is going to feel smoother and if the smoothness is going to allow me to become immersed and then get me immersed enough for me to start caring about the people in. And that's I possible. Think, think, it's possible that after patches and after this unfinished game becomes a finished game, it's not the worst thing ever. But right now, we were expecting a good experience that you could just get into, and literally the very, fir the very beginning fucks it up, which is yeah. bad. Very bad. Yeah. So so what, I, what I've come to think of is, okay, Cyberpunk 2077. So imagine if current Bethesda made the original Deus Ex and released it now. Yeah. That's what I've come up oh, with. Oh, by the way, also, last thing before we, we go on to Ali and there are, Dan. Yeah, there, there, there are hints of a good game here, but they are just buried deep. But last thing I'll say before we go into Ali and Dan is, is that, like, you know, the original Deus Ex... Again, this is a game with art, with, you know, with, uh -huh. with like, that also had a great opening. Like, literally, oh, you yeah. were go you had to go in and... Liberty uh, Island. Go to Liberty yeah. Island, rescue, uh, re rescue, uh, re you know, re deal with a hostage, deal with a hostage situation on, uh, from terrorists. And then at the end of it, you were like, oh, maybe I'm not the good guy here. Yeah. And so, you're invested so from the very begin very beginning where you talk to your brother and then it's like NSF NSF everywhere stand it looks like it's really fucking good. So spoilers for our, for our inevitable cyberpunk pot spoiler cast. If you want a better cyberpunk experience, play the Deus Ex series. I cannot comment do on it. the sequel to Deus Ex or the or the new ones, but the original from two thousand is great. <laughs> yeah. So, well, so so human human revolution and mankind divided are both really good, and they are definitely far more polished than Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Cool. Now, if we could get more games in the steampunk category. I would be all for that. Hey man, you had the order wink, seven. Wink. You had the order eighteen seventy six, my friend. Don't talk to me about the order eighteen seventy six. Don't you dare. Hey, it was. Don't you dare. The order eighteen eighty six. Oh, I wrote a whole article about that, which you can find on Spoiler Media. So on our website. <laughs> don't talk to me about the about the order eighteen. So Dan or Al? Don't talk to me. While we, which goes next in terms of yeah, well. While we wait for Steampunk 1877 to come out. <laughs> right? Um, right? A game that both Tristan and Allie put on their list, but I guess I'd like Allie to, to, to speak to it is, um, her most disappointing game is... Deadly Premonition 2. And I will just say, I did not put Cyberpunk on here because I'm going to be that petty person that says I expected exactly nothing from that game. I laid eyes on it and was in like, what was it, 2012 or whatever with the first ad, and I'm like... Oh, that's cool. This half-naked lady has spider arms, I guess. And then, with everything that's just been happening the last couple years, I just knew that game was going to be a hot pile of poo-poo. So, I mean, do I feel sorry for people who are excited? Eh. 
It's a video game made by a AAA video game company. I I'm sorry, but like, yeah. no, I, I, I don't give any more fucks. I, I, I hear you, and that's why I put it pretty far down my list of disappointing games, because it's we sort of did it. Am I disappointed else. in how the people who work there were treated, and how, especially like, how marginalized communities are represented in that game? Extremely so. Like, I was... I So I watched... Uh, Laura Kate Dale has that amazing accessibility series on her channel. And I'm going to bring it up because she did an entire video on Cyberpunk about how it's super inaccessible. One, from like a social issues standpoint, because she points out, yes, there is a trans character who is well-written, but that doesn't overdo all the other really gross, shitty, anti-trans, like, transphobic shit in the game. And two, it's really hard for people with physical disabilities to play. And three, it could possibly give you a fucking seizure if you're prone to seizures. Yeah, I'll bet she loved so, that one, huh? I mean, it so, is a little uh, ridiculous to me that, um, in terms of more- Can give you a seizure? No, <laughs> yeah, one, I mean, that's what it is. Concerns. On the morality spectrum here, and I, you know, I'd be, and I know that there's other problems around trans representation in the game that, you know, like, I'm certainly not qualified to diagnose, but I think that one of the things that kind of made things worse is, is that when people were pointing out issues in terms of how character creation could be could be transphobic or invalidating the company seemed to be flip seemed to be flip and exclusionary about it with its social media response as opposed to what it'd be a much like you could fucking customize everything in that fucking game you can literally just choose to just like deter i don't know why it would be too hard of a fix to just make sure that the pronouns that they that characters yeah. use to you are the I mean, pronouns you select like it doesn't yeah, have to be they literally took the pronouns thing to voice and just made it, oh no, pronouns are, you select pronoun. Yeah, but again, like, huge caveat here, I am not a trans person, I am not a trans woman, so, but I like to err on the side of caution and not buy something that one has repeatedly had a bad history of mistreating their employees, and two, is just like, actively hostile to certain communities but i wasn't gonna yeah. buy it anyways so i don't feel sad about not playing it i don't i have no fomo about it what do you uh, have fomo about well, or sad honestly about. i try not to have fomo about a lot of things these days <laughs> it lets me sleep way better at night Sorry, I've, i i i right fomo means fear of missing but out my but actual, deadly so my actual disappointing game of the year is deadly premonition 2 yeah. Um, yes. So, Deadly Premonition 2 is a game that, again, I need to, I recommend to people with a lot of caveats. It's super duper outdated. It does not have, Swery is so strange because <laughs> it's another one of these games, Deadly Premonition 1 and 2, that have really, really shitty representation of, like, certain people of marginalized groups, especially trans women. And what the thing that boggles my mind about it is on The Missing, which is a game about a trans girl, like, he had consultants work with him on that. And it's a really beautiful story about learning to love yourself and not let other people's, like, opinions of you break you down. And of, like, a young trans girl, like 
coming to terms with her identity and to see that like totally do a huge one fucking 180 and Mm -hmm. it's just it blows my fucking mind like it made me so upset like i had i i like i can look out in my living room right now and see my like deadly premonition one collector's edition with all the pins and shit because it's such a weird neat game with all these really cool twin peaks vibes you know it's this whole like wacky ass like murder mystery thing and it's just it really disturbs me that he went back to this well of like the villain is a cross-dresser trans woman who i'm gonna dead name constantly also she is in love with her sister and fucks and impregnates her sister and it's yeah. I, I just i i can't with with swearing anymore it it really blows my mind that he thought this was okay at all and that's my most disappointing game of 2020 <laughs> yeah. and, a thing and, i was actually looking forward to also like, it plays like dog shit yeah and looks so, like dog shit. So I had Deadly Premonition 2 as the third choice on my moods disappointing. I yeah, I saw that. Because I wasn't expecting much. I expected too much, Tristan. I've learned yeah. my lesson now. Um, <laughs> because even going back to Deadly Premonition 1, there is some like like there is a character who is effeminate. Let's let's put it that way without spoiling too much. Um, who ends up being a villain, basically, by assisting the main villain. Like... Yeah. Yeah. I re- like, I just don't understand, Tristan. What is with his weird-ass fascination with, like, gender non-conforming and trans I, people being bad guys? I think it I, has I don't get to, it. I think it has to be a Japanese thing. That's the I don't only know, thing man. I can... Because, like, Yakuza, as weird as Yakuza gets sometimes... They get it sometimes. Right? It's super bizarre. I I have to think I have to think that those that those And it's not like trans people don't exist in Japan. Like come on. I I have to think that those consultants must have made a very good case for that one game. And then he forgot about them. Right? I guess so. It just like It, it boggles the mind. I'm just I wasn't expecting a lot from Deadly Premonition 2. Because while I liked Deadly Premonition for, like you said, all of its Twin Peaks vibes and like the, the general, like, like people are meant to be weird in that game. And even non, like, like, even binary people. People who conform to the gender binary in the original... Deadly premonition are weird folks. So, so I'm go- I am gonna throw out one thing though in terms of like the unfortunate the the unfortunate tropes about uh, you know trans people and gender non-binary perhaps being a Japanese thing and stuff. It's like unfortunately, uh, you know that was also a major trope in like Western media slash I think remains. Yeah. I mean, and it yeah. still is in a lot of it's places. Still... That's why I will I will push back on it being like a solely weird Japanese thing because it's. It's honestly not. I mean, Silence just, of the Lambs, yeah. great movie. Yeah. And even though, uh, ha, but has like you know, has well, the villain as uh as as a as someone who's like not supposed to be the villain is like trans, but supposed to be not really like 
they try to word salad it to make it more mm-hmm. okay than it is, but it doesn't make it better. And then there's yeah. a movie with yeah. Michael Caine where he's a uh, where he's uh, where where it's I don't even know what the, all the gender identity, but it is <laughs> basically a trans or not real trans quote serial killer situation. Um, I think it's dressed to kill. I want to say, but um. That sounds yeah, not right. the not so the great Eddie. Like. It's dressed to kill. Not the great. It's a Brian De Palma movie. Very stylish, fun to watch, but disturbing on that account, and also on its depiction of uh, depiction of mental illness in general. There's, um, and I'm not saying that about trans people. There's a scene in a mental asylum that's there's a awful. there's a, a a link that gets often put together a lot with like the trans and like the queer community at large but especially the trans community and like gender non-conforming people of like oh there's something wrong with you and it's like can we've come a lot i'm we've not saying that anything is perfect but i would really hope away. that after he worked with trans consultants yes. for his game about a trans woman yeah that he would fucking get this right and and right? like, it's not like i know the guy personally but as somebody who really really loves his work it's really disappointing. Well, I mean, yeah. the one thing you can hope for your creators um, is is that they do. And I knew I, I have not played this game, but I have heard a lot of dis uh, that this came under a lot of fire and a lot of disappointment. And apparently, he was upset by this, and but didn't uh, was upset. He seemed to not too upset by this and surprised by this. So hopefully, he then at least it's my understanding that I could be wrong. Um, but hopefully, he takes seeing fucking up in this way when he makes new art does better doesn't fuck up I hope so so, so there there was there was a patch which addressed some of this but not all of it the problem the problem yeah exactly Tristan and like the problem isn't just like that she gets misgendered it's the core plot point of mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. and I, I don't care that I'm spoiling Deadly Premonition too. Your your villain is a trans woman who has an incestuous relationship with her sister. Yeah. Like that is the core of the plot. You can't you you have to scrap the entire fucking thing to fix it. that and you should. Yeah. Right. It's... Like like the dead naming the dead naming, I was originally willing to put up to like a translation error. Like some translator somewhere didn't do a find and replace. Like that I was willing to chalk up. And I intentionally avoided information about last about Deadly Premonition Two, um, because I had hopes of playing it someday. So I was like, "Oh, they dead name a character. You know what? You know what? Dead name a character that's entirely like feasible to be a translation error." And then I learned about all the rest. I'm just like, "Nope, yeah. nope." It goes. It goes way further. I'm sorry I had to be the one to burst that bubble for you, but I'm also not sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, I had I had no like major expectations for Deadly Premonition 2 because I played Deadly Premonition 1. And that game, technically, is a mess. And there's a lot of mess in that game. But at the time, we were willing to cut it a lot of slack. But now, that's like, don't cut no more. Yeah, there's there is none to be cut. Nope. I know I had my soapbox moment too. No, <laughs> so thank you guys. Moment. I just I 
Like, it really is. Like, when I saw that category of most disappointing game of the year, I'm like, well, it's not cyberpunk, because I wasn't really looking forward to yeah. it. I knew it was going to be a shit show. Like, Deadly Premonition 2 actively upset well, me. Well, it's, it was upset. There's, yeah. I think there's a difference between, like, oh, I didn't have fun with this game, to, oh, this creator who I had some respect for did something yeah. that really mm-hmm. made me question... Quote, quote, question their bona fide, question them as a creator. Yeah. Um, and again, like, after something like The Missing, which is a beautiful game. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, that's the game I would be like, okay, like, yeah, swear he made some weird shit, but at least play The Missing, because it's a beautiful story, really amazing gameplay, um, just such a cool, like, weird puzzle-solving platform thing, and it has a lot to say about what the character is going through Mm -hmm. and just i don't know how you make something like that and then make something like deadly premonition 2 which is such a clusterfuck on a technical and story like plot level like it just so also there's oh i also forgot the the bonus uh thing of the weird racist accents in deadly premonition Mm -hmm. 2 oh no yeah oh no yeah Yeah. oh no Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again. Hi, Hi, my name's Allie, and I'm here to ruin all your favorite games, and I don't give a fuck. Again, that's the sort of thing that could originally be chalked up to, like, translation. Like, you know, it's a Japanese developer handling something said in a different country, in a different culture, but. No, it's just, it's just yeah. well, I mean, I the know. other thing, too, I, is is that, like, I know that, the, you know, cultural stuff is real, and it is important to, you know, like, view how, like, you know, something is through a lens. But at the same time, especially if you're making a game where it is going to be played, where where uh, where it is going to be played overseas, and where it's like a major mark, and when a major market is going uh-huh. to be English speaking, you know, it would be behoove yeah. of you to make sure that your accents are in your English thing are not offensive to people. Yeah, because yeah. it's not even like a character, like a character of a particular race is talking in a racist sounding way. Bear, it's a white person pretending to mm-hmm. have, like, a Jamaican accent. Like, that's not accidental. That's not a misunderstanding between cultures. That That's just actually racist. Yeah. Right. So it's not like the... It's not like a Jamaican... It's not like a character who is Jamaican having an accent that's... No. That could be no, questionable. No, 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 no. no, no it is not. Oh. No, it worse. is the main character who is white doing a racist accent. There's no excuse for that. Yeah. Whatsoever. Sweary... What the fuck? You made me angry. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we were going to talk about only happy things. Nope, nope, nope. Well, this one, Don't uh, worry. You did say at the beginning that this was the unhappy category. Yeah. So at least we're holding true to form. After this, it is only yeah. happy categories. Only happy, only happy. I want to go to my happy well, place. But uh, I believe so, there's one other of our good little boys and girls who needs to t- say what's making them unhappy this year. And they have a big oh, list. Dan. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we jump to Dan, who has two things to talk about. No, Dan has four. I just wanna I just <laughs> wanna put in my one little thing about Warcraft three. Is that okay? Sure. I mean I love taking a dump on Blizzard. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. My my so my, my I, quick, so that yeah. go for it. So I played Warcraft three when it came out. I loved it. Yeah, I did too. And then they announced the Reforged Edition. That was supposed to have, like, all new cutscenes and, like, improved cinematics and, like, improved gameplay and stuff. 
And then here comes Activision Blizzard. Just gonna shit all over my childhood memories. Yeah, that's fine. It's okay. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Replace my copy of Warcraft 3 with this bullshit reforged edition. But wait. Uh, but wait, I, I thought that Warcraft 3 Reforged was just Warcraft 3 reskinned. It is. So, so the problem is that they promised. Oh, they promised. Like, redone cutscenes, redone animations, improved user interface, better, like, everything. You know what they delivered? They basically just upscaled the game to a higher resolution, and that was it. Fuck you, Blizzard. You've gone full EA, and that's all I have to say on the subject, and I would drop my mic, except it's actually really expensive, and, you know, it's a USB mic, that's all I got left, because my XLR capture device is broken, so I'm actually not going to drop it, I'm just going to gently set it down over here. I mean, in my professional professional opinion, Blizzard poo poo pee pee. I mean, I poo poo pee pee. I'm an old Blizzard stand for when they made games I liked. Um, Dude, hey, 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 Barra, Barra, do you remember the Lost Vikings? Cause I remember the Lost Vikings. Oh no, no, I I have a very specific thing of Blizzard that I'm a fan of, and that is basically everything they made up until World of Warcraft. And then you know they're and then what they did and then what they did when they finished up and then and then with StarCraft two everything else Blizzard has made since that okay I enjoy Overwatch everyone enjoys Overwatch let's be real here but aside from that it can kick rocks and and Overwatch you like Hearthstone you know I play Magic so it's I never needed to play Hearthstone (laughs) and any temptation I might have had Magic came out with Arena and it's just like come on now I could now I can but regardless of which uh. Like and even even uh, when it comes to uh, to what's its face, uh, even when it comes to Overwatch, uh, I will say, and again, I've heard Hearthstone's good. So like, Blizzard still makes technically good games, but even Overwatch is bittersweet because after they finished up with StarCraft, they basically decided we're not going to do story anymore. And I nope. fell in love with Blizzard because they made great single player game. They made great yeah. single player focused story experiences. Warcraft 3, great single-player focus store experience. StarCraft, same. Diablos 1 and 2, and uh, StarCraft 2, but, like, you know, it's just that Blizzard had stopped doing that, and... They've gone They've gone the full EA. And it sucks. They've gone the full Activision. They, because, again, those are some of my most cherished memories as a, ga- uh, as, as a gamer. Uh, but I really, really? want to ha- make a cherished memory by seeing the four things that Dan will shit on. Go ahead. The four of them. Especially since I didn't even know Dan played NBA Cute 2K. Okay. (laughs) You mean mean the reskin of NBA 2K10? Yeah, yeah. So, Cyberpunk... So, there's four, but it's actually pretty quick. Um, I group them into two categories. The first category is games that I had high hopes for that under-delivered. Those being Cyberpunk 2077, which we already talked about at length. And the other one being Ghost of Tsushima. Um... Although it made me think that if I had the same expectations for Cyberpunk that I had for Ghost of Tsushima, I probably wouldn't have Cyberpunk on this list, similar to Sir Alex. <laughs> where if I just didn't have those heightened expectations for no reason, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be quote unquote disappointing. 
Um, it would just be there. Um, and then the other two games that I put on this list are just games I have to call out for how heinous they are. Yeah. Um, one is NBA 2K21. Now, I'm a big fan of NBA 2K from a gameplay perspective. I, I've always really enjoyed them. I think they're, like, the best sports sim out there. But, oh, you poor soul. And I didn't buy this one. And I have bought a couple of them in a row now because... And I'll include this on... I'll include them, I'll, I will include them on this list every year that they don't get rid of their microtransactions. Because mm-hmm. it is so... It is ludicrous that you can buy a game for $60. Preach it, brother! And then literally have to spend hundreds of dollars to find the fun in a video game when it's just a game about playing basketball. So, so can we take a moment and talk about the literal pachinko crammed into NBA 2K 2020? Right. What? Yeah, there's literally a pachinko minigame crammed into NBA. Go ahead. Go, Dan. Go. That's all there. And then on a similar note, Super Mario 3D All-Stars is a $60 game, which is just a pack of three games that came out. Mm -hmm. I think the the newest game on the list is 10 years old. Mm -hmm. And they they have since patched again. We hear about patches over and over again in these conversations. But when it came out, it was $60 for three games that they did nothing with. And it is just... They laid. They made literally no improvements to. And then also put on a digital timer, so that if you didn't buy the game by like I think March, which I'm sure still stands, they're just gonna get rid of it. So you, they're giving you yep. a limited window to get these game, these old games for sixty dollars, and it's just insane. And I have to call it out. It's Sorry. it's almost like a major corporation is artificially manipulating supply and demand. So Dan, I actually want to ask you something about the NBA 2K situation because I actually wasn't totally... I mean, I know that people, like, trade for, oh, it's bad. Trade for cards and stuff, etc. But, uh, so you're not actually able to field a good team unless you play for, pay for, like, rare versions of players or something, Dan? Oh, Barra. Oh, Barra, you sweet summer child. Dan, go ahead. I'll, I'll be, I'll Crush be his dreams. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, in fact, I, I may have talked about this last year, too, but it's the same, same, same shit. Basically... In order to make a good team, uh, in a like a in a bunch of career mode formats, you have to buy player cards through loot box format with randomization. Yep. Oh god. And then, to me, the bigger one is the the, the big mode in the game is called My Career. Yeah. Where you basically make a character, and then take them through their career. But the only real way to see improvement in your character and you know level them up and make it, you know you know how like in tony hawk you get stat improvements as you go right the only way to really do that in a short period of time is to effectively spend hundreds of dollars to buy coins to upgrade your character you you, you earn them as you play but you earn them at such a drip drip feed that it doesn't matter wow that's you basically have to buy it. i mean that that's really shitty i guess the yeah. one thing i would ask uh, ask about it then is is that why isn't nba 2k free to play then like that seems like a classic well, free-to-play model. It's it's almost like it's almost like they crammed a free-to-play model into a game that they are expecting you to pay sixty to seventy dollars for. I mean, and again, I which I call bullshit. I see this as someone who is a Magic: The Gathering player, and uh, I was recently going to start, and who's going to be 
and you know, I pay, you know, put you know, at least, you know, even sell thousand dollars in the game. Although those are actual, the, one of the differences between magic cards is that they're actual assets that I can sell and flip. And I mean, that may sound like weird space, right? No, that may sound like weird space right? mumbo jumbo, but like, no, for real, it's like I know. But, but I talk about at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you actually have a physical thing. That has value. It's, that you it's could re possibly resell down the road. I mean, it's resellable. I mean, the thing is, I describe my magic cards as like my jewelry. Like, yes, I have a fifty. Right? I, I have a fifteen hundred dollar legacy deck, but like, I can turn that into a grand really easily, like without trying. Oh yeah. So I've been playing. I've been playing magic. I know. So one of the artists, one of the original artists of Magic: The Gathering, was there when I was born. That's how into Magic the Gathering I am. Like, one of the developers for the for the whole Weatherlight saga was there when I was born. Wait. And is an old family friend. That's how into wait, Magic the wait. Gathering I am. Wait, who, wait, and it is, is still this? better. Anthony Waters. Huh? Like, okay, if any of you listening know Anthony Waters or any of his artwork... Support him. He was there when I was born, for crying out loud. Like, Magic Gathering has a special place in my heart. But this is just bullshit. Well, I mean, yeah. Barrett, go ahead. No, I mean, I guess the, the the main thing... Oh, he, he's made cards I know about. Like, uh... Oh, that's really cool. Uh, in any case, it, like, uh, it, it, it ain't just the, the best thing that I would... But yeah, I mean, just going on... From what you're saying, Dan, it's that's really I had no idea it was that heinous. But I guess I shouldn't be surprised because sports games like you know FIFA is another example I think of just a game where people spend so much money on it and the, like it takes advantage of gambling, uh, uh, gambling loops in the brain. And uh, yeah, this shit is bad. And even if it was free to play, it would not be okay. I think that there is a. I really want pe games to get back to you pay for a you pay money. For a product, and then the product is the product is what it is. And if you're and if there's an expand, and then if you're spending more money, you get a large amount of product and not drippy drip drip. Because yeah, it just seems like a really because you know, it's a seems like a shitty way that's making Bobby Kotick more money and fuck him. Alrighty, <laughs> y'all, we made it out of the sad, the sadness. Yay! We're gonna take a breath. Mm. I love breathing. Me too. And then you know what? I'm actually I'm actually gonna make a show note right now. Yes. I'm gonna say two oh six. Say what? Is when we take an actual break in the <laughs> podcast too. Okay, uh, well I'm smelling delicious I I think it's both snickerdoodles and uh, it's snickerdoodles and uh, and what's his face? Eggnog fudge that the girlfriend is making. So I'm gonna go and enjoy so how so, uh, well, when I think he just meant a break in the in the show. Oh, yeah, oh, I did. Oh, I'm sorry. I did. However, <laughs> however, and I am happy to keep going. I think I'm good was, to keep going. I'm, I'm glad that was probably the longest of all the segments, especially looking ahead. I'm good to keep going. Um, but yeah, I was talking more about the show. Ellie was right. <laughs> um, yeah. If anybody needs a break, we can take one, but I would prefer to soldier. Let's on. let's soldier on. Cool. Let's I'm, do I'm, it. I'm, I'm more I've than, got water. I'm more than good. By the way, I, I naively thought that this would take a half one and a half hours slash two hours, and I told my partner no. that, and I said but, you can gloat if that's not the case, and yes, she will gloat. 
you know, the problem is too is that I added a bunch of I added a couple categories, so I only made it longer. Um, Waifu is going to be fast. Sure. <laughs> I'll make it fast. Um, so, the next category here is uh, best music, and I'll just start at the top here with Ali. Why don't you talk to us about your favorite music of 2020? Final Fantasy VII Remake. Nice. Nice. All right, moving See, on. I made oh, it fast. So basically, Control has a lot of nice moments, but the main reason why uh, I would pick that for best music is there's a scene where you have to navigate through a maze and you put on uh, headphones, and there has been no indication. Yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. There's been no indication whatsoever in this game that this is going to happen, mm -hmm. but then you just hear the words, Take control. control! Exactly. And then it is a old-school, like, heavy metal song, and you are just, it is fun and exciting as you're just, like, blasting through the game. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and then basically, and the lyrics are also referencing, uh, you are also referencing... Uh, your um, like what's been happening in the game, but it's very subtle. Like, oh wait a second, they're singing about my character. Yeah, yeah. What's going on? So, and yeah, so, so Barra, so Barra, yes, yes, that is why I think we need to talk about Alan Wake and do like a group podcast or something or stream. No, because I mean there are two songs by the old gods of Asgard that directly tie into Alan Wake, and we should totally do that shit. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they, this band, The Old Gods of Asgard, which also appears in Alan Wake uh, as well. Like, is that, they're, but the it's studio, a, they're the studio band. That's yeah. what it is. But it's a really cool... I guess for best music, I think in general, you know, oftentimes, you know, a number of years, like, I think I'd give best music, like, you know, to a game like, you know, one of the original Halos, where it's just, like, iconic, just, like, soundtracked all through it. But for this, sometimes great music is also just, you know... A good song drops and it helps the narrative. Uh, and this is just an example of like yeah, yeah, music yeah. and yeah, yeah. yeah, music and uh, narrative perfectly moving together. And so yeah, this is why for me, uh, yeah, doubt you know for and again, it's not in 2020, but 2020 didn't have a lot of shit to go on. And Control's a great <laughs> game from that from 2019. And for me, the best musical moment in gaming was that of uh, Control music drop from Old Gods of Asgard. So, that's me. <laughs> awesome. Uh, sorry, quick sidebar that doesn't have to be included in the episode. Go ahead. What was that you said about them being an in-house band, Tristan? So, the old... Because they're an actual band. They're Poets of the Fall. They are. They're an actual real band. They are. Oh. Most of their music, however, is tied into other games made by... Um, I mean, not most of it. They have a shit ton of music not related to really? it. All I yeah, found? like just look at the Wikipedia page. They have a shit ton of All music. All I Whoa. found is Whoa. stuff related to other games. So, okay, I need to start searching YouTube deeper for the old gods of Os Asgard. Just, just look at their no, like the actual band is Poets yeah, of the Fall. Oh, like just look at their yeah. That's what I was saying. Okay. Just look at their Wikipedia page. I've only known them as Old Gods of Asgard. Which is an associated yeah. act. Yeah. Right. But if they're in there as Poets of the Fall, then... Yeah, hold on a sec. I'm going to take a brief moment and hop on iTunes 
and uh, just started looking up Poets of the Fall because, damn! I think, uh, Dan, uh, what is it about Dreams that has such good music? Or, sorry, Ori and well, the Will-O-Wisp. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dan. Wait, wait I'm a, sorry. Wait, I can't wait, do your wait, job. Wait, I can't do your job. Up, way to blow up my spot for this my next require, category. You're going to require so much editing. Holy shit. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, trust me. I'm, I'm, I'm staring down that. I'm staring down my show notes right now. No, it's fine. It's fine. Great. Most of the stuff is, most of the stuff is just trimming stuff. So it's really not that big of a deal. Um, but yeah, so Ori and the Will-O-Wisps, all I'll say is it's a very, like, what I would consider a traditional video game soundtrack, if that means anything to anybody. Um, but it's a very good one. Um, and one that I come back to and listen to from time to time. I think it's really nice. Um, Tristan, your best music of 2020. For best music, I had to put Doom Eternal. Because while Doom 2016 was great, Doom Eternal is what were they is where they let Mick Gordon just go nuts. Yeah. Like, nice. Like, I... So, second place for me is Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I will talk about that when Allie gets to that. But, dear God, the soundtrack for Doom Eternal is so perfectly metal. And it grows and changes with the so perfectly like like how did Mick Gordon not earn like fucking accolades out the ass for this Mick, Mick if you're listening first of all thank you for listening big fan keep doing what you're doing man because it is golden it's fucking golden <laughs> um Yes, Doom, Doom Eternal was second on my list of, of best music for the year. I particularly like the vocals they got from the various metal singers. I thought that was... Yeah, really yeah, 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 yeah! What's that? What's um, that? We're making the most metal fucking game of the year? Yeah, let's get some whole... A whole slew of metal singers in on this. Maybe part of the chorus. Yeah! I'm muting myself. Tris, I'm sorry. I've been Tris, drinking. Tris. I've been, I'm sorry. I've been drinking Doors Mascal finish all night. Oh, no. I want to apologize now. I'm just oh, going to mute myself. Go ahead, okay. guys. Okay. And now we're moving on to the next category for best looking game. <laughs> In parentheses, I put quality or style. Um, because to some people, best looking is technical. To some people, it's a little bit more stylistic. Um, Ali, you went the stylistic route here. What's your pick for best looking game? It's also the game that I put in my wish I had played, which is Hades. I just love everything Supergiant makes. And it's so pretty. And the music is so nice. It was in my second place for music, but I decided I should probably put a game I actually played for at least that. Awesome. Awesome. But it's Hades. Like, God, everything Supergiant makes is beautiful. It's like a fucking painting in motion. Yeah, I, I, I love the visual. Very much them, but very, very high quality. Awesome, awesome, awesome visuals. Um, Barra. 
best looking game for you. So you know, remember, I think the first year I did this, though, did, did this cast, I kept on just saying Wolfenstein, 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 which I stand by. That game, Wolfenstein: The New Order, remains one of my, or sorry, um, Wolfenstein: The New Colossus remains one of my favorite games and one of the more satisfying games to play to to play to play through. Um, just so good, murdering Nazis, chefs in the future or the pseudo future chef's kiss awesome uh so but this is going to be a repeat of this and again man eater is no wolfenstein 2 the new colossus but it is a quality lovely 20 bucks and it looks great they the, the there's all these funny little gags of like stuff you find underwater a lot of them involving like stylized dead skeletons and such or like little lost ruins or all this and it looks and uh or bad amusement park situations and uh, they look great, and they're funny, and the game is colorful, and the bull shark is beautiful. She is magnificent. We're going to get to that later in another category. And, uh, yeah, no, I would just can't, uh, I can't uh, emphasize any more. Uh, yeah, Maneater is a great little game. Spend 20 bucks. It looks great. Um, it's, a, it's a lovely story, and you'll get to eat people and look good doing it. <laughs> Um, my pick was a little weird here. Um, I almost went Ori in the Will of the Wisps here too, because it's just such a beautifully animated game, mm, kind of mm, same way Hades mm. is. But I ended up going with Dreams, nice. which is a game that's been out there for a while, but officially released early this year by the folks who made uh, Little Big Planet, uh, Media Molecule, mm -hmm. and it really is an artistic tool. Not one that I would probably recommend people use as their primary <laughs> artistic tool, but a unique platform to explore audio visual concepts and play with these tools and make really really neat um and even photorealistic uh graphic mm -hmm. animation and there's a lot of a lot of really really cool stuff and it's pretty cheap now so if you're an artist or somebody who um just likes looking at and contributing art in different weird ways uh dreams i think now is like again 10 or 20 bucks because it probably didn't do very well because it's so <laughs> freaking weird <laughs> um but it's a really neat tool, and there's a lot of really, really cool yeah. visual stuff in there. Cool. So, so Dreams is something we've been waiting on for a while. And a lot of people have made a lot of really cool stuff in it. It's, it's kind of like this generation's uh, Gary's Mod. Mm. Like, I've seen people remake the Final Fantasy VII remake in Dreams. Mm -hmm. So it's a sheer creative platform... It's fantastic. You should totally check it out. Nice. Um, as well as the game that you put uh, for Best Looking Game, Tristan, which is... The Resident Evil Remake. A.K.A. RE3 Remake. R-E-K-A... A.K.A. RE3 Remake. So, Capcom has been working on their remake engine slash the Resident Evil engine slash the RE engine for like two years now? Something like that? Um, and they put out the RE2 remake last year. And I gotta say, this engine of theirs looks fantastic. They use it in Devil May Cry 5, they use it in RE2, they use it in the RE3 remake, and it's gorgeous. Like Capcom, holy shit! This is a 
an amazing game engine you've put out. And you deserve kudos for that. Now, part of what I've heard is that you actually have to scan in actual real-life objects to get them into the new uh, remake engine. But damn, Capcom, like, pushing the envelope to remake your old games, I gotta say, like, but this is just good all around. Does anyone have anything bad to say about the RE engine? <laughs> no? No, and we move past the sadness, Tristan. Right? It's a really good engine you've created here, Capcom. And you are using it to remake games from your golden age for a whole new generation of gamers. Keep this up! Like, like, okay, okay. For all of you, how awesome would it be to see a remake of RE4 in this new engine? I mean, we know it's coming. That's, we know that, it's coming. Let's let's be real here. Re Resident Evil 4 is uh, all-time classic. We've talked about it. It's great. Yeah. Um, RE4 is definitely, you know, any time, any, any excuse they have to release RE4 <laughs> again, they will. Because we'll buy it. Yeah. I'll buy it. We'll enjoy it. It'll be right? great. It'll be laudatory. It's like, it's it's not even, ha like, you know, there is no grading RE4 on a curve. It's no. an all-time great game. Um, they'll re-release it. They I look forward to it. It's that. happening. It, it, it's, it's happening. Like, this engine, though, is so fantastic and they've only really used it for RE2, Resident Evil 3, RE3, and DMC5, right? Like, it was sort of used in RE7, but this engine is amazing. And even on a base PS4, which is what I have, I don't even have a PS4 Pro. I don't have a PS4 Pro. I've got an original RE PS4. And playing Resident Evil 7, 2, and 3 on this thing looks amazing. Right? And and even and even Devil May Cry 5 has an HDR option on my base PlayStation 4. Like Capcom. Thank you. Thank you for investing in and creating a new game engine. That creates photorealistic shit on a regular basis. This is great. This engine is awesome. It's it's perfectly designed for creating like the weird, gross, fleshy, gooey bits of Resident Evil. But even applied to mm, gooey. even applied to Devil May Cry, it still looks fantastic. Now we'll talk more about Devil May Cry 5 later in this episode. Mm. I'm going to just end this here. Because cool. I've had way too much scotch. Go, 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 go. Go, 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 you peons. Go, go, go. Say Tristan, why, why don't you tell us why don't you tell us what game you wish you played this year? So the game I wish I played this year, and I am fixing this. All of you who are listening, 
Are Yakuza 7? Is Yakuza 7? I don't know. Um, I slept way too long in this game. Because I am a huge fan of the Yakuza series. But I am mostly a huge fan of Kazuma Kiryu. Who, in my opinion, is the perfect balance of, like, straight-faced, straight-laced seriousness. Right? Contrasted with the Yakuza series, like, hey, let's go, let's go do karaoke. Hey, here's a mini game where you control a whole hostess cafe. Hey, here's a mini game where you play bowling, and a chicken becomes your like real estate manager. He's actually really good at the job. Let's let's not throw any shade on chick on Nugget because we've talked about him already. Nugget. Nugget. Um. Just, just, damn, Yakuza. Like, holy crap, man! The ability to keep making compelling mob drama stories that are interlaced with hilarious interludes, like guys. Don't stop. Please don't stop. I actually have a physical copy now of Yakuza's 0 through 7 because they've released the HD uh, remakes. I have a full copy of 0 through 7 that I can play on my PS4 as well as Like a Dragon, which I guess is technically 7. Like... I talked about this before, but I have never found a game series that has captured my love so fully and completely as Seven. And I wish, I dearly wish, that back when I was at college, that someone had sat me down, tied me to a chair, put a controller in my hands and gone, hey, you're gonna play this game series? I, I wish someone had done that for me for Yakuza. Because this game series is amazing. And I love it. And 7 has thus far, like, exceeded all of my expectations. I just got... I told you it was good. I just got the... <laughs> Ali, I just got the minigame? I just got the minigame, right? Yeah. Pocket <laughs> Circuit Fighter is... Back! <laughs> He's back! After zero and one and six, he is back! That man has such a dedication to his life. I wish I had that dedication. I'm just gonna go crawl in a corner now and cry because I'm not as manly as Cosmo Kiryu or Ichiban. <laughs> I'm going to timestamp each one of these categories and just revel in, in the progression. <laughs> <laughs> um, as for me, uh, I just wish I played Half-Life Alex. I'm a huge, huge, huge Half-Life fan, and I'm bummed that I can't really play it until I have VR, right. and VR is really expensive. Right. And, it, and it's the only thing that I want to play on VR, so... It's almost like... It's almost like Valve created it in a push 
to make VR a household staple? Maybe. Um, but that's that's my pick. Um, I mean, I, I will say if I can add on that that um, I've in terms of speaking of old games that I would love to revisit, I would love to revisit um, you know, just go through all of Half Life Two and then also play Half Life Alex after that, or play Half Life Alex first. I mean. I think Half-Life... I never did all of Half-Life when it came out, but I loved playing what I did. Playing that, that opening of Half-Life 2 was just, like, a revelation of, like, how games... Good directing in games could just make a gaming experience that's just... That in and of itself is, like, I don't think a movie... Like, Half-Life was the first time where I played a game. I was like, you know what? I don't know if a movie adaptation could actually top this because this is just... It being a game and it being that perspective is what makes it great like that whole thing where you're in the dystopia and it's awful and you're running and you have no weapons and they think it's going to get you and then alex saves you and then finally once you when you first get that crowbar it's like holy shit i can actually take the fight to the bastards um so i would love to but i never played it all the way through because i was playing at a friend's house and so i would love to just play all the way all of the half-life 2 content and then yeah then i'd love to revisit in alex and you know, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, so, so yeah, I mean, that I didn't know, I sort of forgot Half-Life Alex came out this year, but obviously I would be, I have an interest in it. Vera, while you have the floor, what's the, uh, what are your games you wish you Well, played? you know, now also Half-Life Alex, but definitely Hades, because, um, you know, Dan, uh, said, uh, great things about it, and I saw him play it, and it looks great, and I'm also a big classics nerd, who loves Greek mythology, so all of this and loves good writing. So Hades is definitely up there. I'm gonna correct that. And also Doom Eternal, because I you know, I like heavy metal, I like Doom, I like uh, what they did with um with the with the with the first you know, with, with with the with the fir- with the Doom reboot. So I've heard good things and I kinda just heard good things and then forgot about it and it's a bit of a shame because I feel like that if I played it uh, man eater, no offense to you, my beautiful queen, will uh, will be uh, w- would would be taking up less categories. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Allie, you you mentioned I think already, but go ahead. The game you wish you played. Hades. <laughs> I just I just didn't get around to it yet. I'm like also not the biggest like roguelike fan, yeah. but then again like I don't really like basketball games but then pyre happened so yeah, this might yeah. I, I would say too i'm not a big roguelike fan but i really enjoyed i think their their stuff transcends the, jo- the, the genres they mimic um i would say this is no exception like, nice even for me who doesn't like roguelikes i, I would recommend it, it you know, there's a sense of progression and there's a sense of story progression too as you go you don't feel like you're just sitting there wallowing in the starting area <laughs> all the time <laughs> Like you do with a lot of games, uh, roguelikes. Called um, out. What? No, no. I mean, you're calling out the roguelike genre, and I appreciated uh, yeah. it. That's all. <laughs> I, thought you said I, was, I thought you said I was calling out somebody. I was like, no, I'm not. No, no, no. Uh, I wasn't. Yeah, yeah, I was just appreciating that you were calling out a genre that kind of is also a bit of a darling of like the so-called gamer sets, if you oh, will. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'll get a comment somewhere that it took me the thirty gamers, hours. Yeah. Don't worry if the gamers aren't gonna. The gamers TM aren't going to get mad at Dan about roguelikes. They're going to get mad at me about Cyberpunk. I mean, they're going to get mad at all of us. This whole podcast is, is, is in many ways a troll of gamers TM be, just, be, just by us existing and enjoying games. 
Um, yeah. And I'm not saying that it's like you know we're revolutionary by our by our existence as much as that like what I love about the spoiler cast, if I can small soapbox, is is that uh, you know that we as a cast really are doing this because we are friends who like video games and like stories mm-hmm. and. I feel that, you know, that is something that, yes, I think the vast majority of gamers share that with us, but gaming culture is unfortunately, I think, just gotten a gaming culture written large, like Gamers TM, not the vast majority of the hyper-diverse group of people that enjoy video games, has really, I think, gone away from just like, oh, let's have fun and enjoy ourselves. Gamers? Hashtag trademark? Are the worst thing to happen to video games? Since... Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. E.T. the video game. <laughs> That's a deep cut, but a good one. But i just like to add before, and I let Ali Sopak, which honestly is one of my favorite parts of this whole ca- of, of the whole Cats experience, that, especially this is the end of year thing, like, and this has been a really hard and tough year, Casting with you has made 2020 suck a lot less, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very, yeah, and I'm very, very pleased that I have three friends who encourage me to play video games and who I then get to talk about them, and who I feel like do a lot of positive good shit in the world. So, good on y'all, and let's keep on making this. Yeah, cast. yeah, yeah. Now, Ali, who I go, stand, Ali. go. <laughs> Uh, what? <laughs> Go! Attack! Kill! What am Go I Go for the throat, Allie! Uh, Allie, Allie, you're gonna attack the best COVID game category with your fortune oh, uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons. It, the thing... I had a lot of things about what's happened this year, but you know what's the worst... Okay, not the worst things, but one of the worst things for me has been my perception of time. Yeah. Like, it feels like longer than it actually has been since Animal Crossing came out. And Animal Crossing was the bomb to soothe my unhappy soul. Right? And it was like... I don't really play it that much anymore, but for like those first few months of COVID, (laughs) holy shit, that was the thing I needed. It feels like the last nine months have happened over the course of three years. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it, Tristan. I feel like years have gone by when really it's only been nine mm-hmm. months. It's really scary how that feels, actually. Allie, uh, if I may, I would just like to say that yes. uh, in terms of the whole time thing, uh, and for whatever reason, I haven't necessarily gotten the time dilation as much. I think that, and there may have been a variety of reasons, um, you know, I think, but... Uh, but I, I will say that, you know, like, I have a fa- I'm in a fantasy football league, and I literally, like, have people that are just like, wow, this league has gone on forever. And it's not like it hasn't been bad. It's just, like, time has stretched out for people. And it's mm-hmm. just been, in it, 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 and it's unreal. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and I think maybe one of the reasons why is, is that, you know, I, the bubble that I am in in terms of these people is, like, me and then my girlfriend who I started seeing in this thing, and we have we both live alone or we live in separate apartments so like i have to drive out and see her and you know we're still safe it's like it's just us and stuff and then she had a room up and then he left for kansas city but regardless of which it's like i think that having to go through 
uh, traveling and has like kind of um, has spaced it out and made me see more of the real. But I will say, before I was traveling to her, and when it was just me in my apartment alone, not knowing, and I can't even couldn't even hug my friends. Um, yeah. I still can't hug my friends. I miss being able to hug all all of y'all. We've um, been in this situation for almost a year here in yeah. the U.S. So, like, the time has just been weird. Um, and I will say that Lexi started Animal Crossing in the in the thing, and uh, you two should connect if you ever get on it again, Allie. Yay. Um, I'll jump in here, because Animal Crossing New Horizons was almost my pick for COVID Game of the Year, but I went in a different direction with this category, yeah. left it open to interpretation. Nice. And I think the game that best embodies COVID is Death Fuck me, Dad. Go on. Go on. <laughs> You have a game about people delivering packages in a world where nobody's out in the world. They're all in, like, these, like, um, you know, these cities, but they're, like, underground, and you just deliver the package, and they thank you, and you never really see them. And so, 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 there's, like, this... Dan, so, Dan, so it's no contact delivery, the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically... It's just like a very meditative one too. Like I think part of the reason I, I put it here is also because similar to like Red Dead Redemption, which will bear I'll swing to you in a second here, uh, is it's a very like meditative experience where you're just walking around along this like plane, basically like with packages, just looking at the world and thinking about it. And I don't know. It just it, it, to me it like is COVID. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Like, that is dark and kind of makes me want to uh, pick up. It makes sense though. And and like the, I don't know. Just I, you can just draw all these parallels. There's like this mysterious like thing that's just like killing people out in the world. And, and like if it, you know, if somebody if somebody you know gets attacked by them, that like creates a void. I don't know. It's just it's just all sorts of cray. Um, but anyway, uh, Bear, why don't you talk about your best COVID game? Well, I mean, your your endorsement of that is both very dark and also kind of makes me want to play uh, Hideo Kojima's Urinary Masterpiece. Because, um, I mean, if I understand correctly, um, uh, one of the reasons why, well, one of the joys of Death Stranding is getting to see uh, one of the leads of the Boondock Saints urinating before you. Yeah. Am I correct on this, Dan? <laughs> What's Am that? I correct on this, Dan? That you get to see Norman Reedus pee? Yeah. Yeah. You get to see him poop, too. Antic shower. Uh, well, for whatever reason, like, no, number one is amusing to me in a game. Number because, two is something I never want to see. <laughs> because 2020 is the year we all wanted to mo learn more about the bodily functions of Norman Reedus. I mean, I think there's a certain segment of the population that wanted to know that a long oh, time ago. Oh, definitely. Not me, but plenty of folks <laughs> think that is a, he's a very cute man. And if I was into men, I think I probably would too. But okay. then again, the flip side, what I think is attractive in men as a heterosexual man seems to be not the case for a lot of so, people who actually like men. So that's a So I am going off on a tangent. I'm sorry. I'll so be quick Barrow, about Red so Dead 2. I'd like to stop you right here and just take a moment to plug... So, New Year's Day, oh. Okay. I will be doing what? not only a whole bunch of gotcha pulls, but also my definitive fake grand order sorting of best waifus and husbandos. 
throughout. Can we put a pin on that until the waifu category, Tris? Who? Yeah, that's actually a good. You know what, Tristan? Yes, I I agree with I agree with Barra. You're about to get your fake grand order moment. But that will be in the waifu category. Oh yeah, and and it will totally be in the waifu category. category. As so, a heads up. two categories. Yeah. So, but, but in I terms of Red Dead, all, I think we're all waifus for Norman Reedus and Hideo Kojima and uh, Bera. Yeah. Red Dead. Why Red Dead Redemption 2 is the best, is the COVID game, is, is that also, is also a little sad because I don't know how many circumstances outside of global pandemic you may have enough time to yourself to actually finish the damn game. <laughs> Like, it's a great game, but it takes hours and hours and hours, and it's worth it. Like, you know, I don't think any game that is truly worth it in terms of narrative you feel is wasted, but I think with Red Dead 2, it's totally not wasted time, because again, you went on this beautiful, epic journey, but it's still, like, something that takes a lot of time, and COVID, whether it's because you're unemployed, which I really hope you're not, uh, or uh, whether it's just because your social life is greatly constrained which it almost certainly is red dead was there for you and uh yeah hopefully yeah yeah so that's why it was my covid game what was your covid game Allie? oh well, you I did i'm sorry already. it's late and i haven't eaten <laughs> we we didn't get to one though which is um tristan's which is persona 5 <laughs> yeah okay sorry. so so let me set the stage let me just set the stage. So, it is like just March of 2020, right? And you're, and the company you work for is just like, hey, we're gonna be shutting down for a few months and gonna be working from home. So you're gonna have all this time, like free time, now given to you, right? Uh-huh. What better way to spend that time than spending like. 150 hours of it in a new JRPG. Now, Persona 5, we've played before, we've talked before. But there's a new version, which is Royale. And I'll talk about this later when we get into waifus. There's added a whole bunch of new content and cleaned up the content that was there. And hey, guess what? It's a new JRPG they even sink like a hundred fifty hours to, and into, and it came out in March. That's perfect for me. For like, okay, I can't see the people I work with on a regular basis anymore. That's great. But here's Persona Five, right? Which is this anime dating sim JRPG, which while I'm shut down while I'm working from home gives me the option to hang out with these characters I already know and already love from Persona 5. And we can go out we can go to the local diner and hang out. We can go to karaoke. We can go to the main cafe. We can talk about why. Just why is Becky the best waifu of Persona 5. Right? 
That is why Persona 5 Royale is my choice for COVID Game of the Year. Because not only is it another 150 plus hours you can soak into a game, but it's a daily life sim. So not you're not just soaking 150 hours into like more time with Ryuji and more time with Makoto, but it's 150 more hours you're soaking into your friends, right? Right? I'm not crazy, right? Please tell me, somebody tell me I'm not crazy here. That's so wait a second, just I, I did a brief Google tris. Um and uh, I know this is going down the rabbit hole, but I can't help myself. So wait, Becky's your homeroom teacher, and you turn her into your sex maid? Uh-huh. That's the best part. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to John. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. So it's an opportunity to spend 150 more hours with the friends and characters you've grown to love from Persona 5 in the middle of COVID. That's why it's my choice. (laughs) Tristan, you could have left it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best part. If you search YouTube for that's the best part, you will find information about Becky and her whole confidant link. To be fair, it is to, just to be to be fair. It's if it seems that this is totally consensual, and for whatever reason, oh, Becky yeah. does want to be your maid, and there's no weirdness. So just to put oh, that out yeah. there, in case no one ever plays. No, 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 five, no, Bear. It's Bear. all kosher. It seems. Bear, 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 Bear. It's weird. Oh. Bear, there's a yes. little weirdness. Oh, oh no! It, but that makes it better. Okay, well then I'm sorry for advertising that there was. It was totally kosher. And I have cemented my position as the degenerate weeb of this podcast. Thank you. Good night. Go ahead, everybody else. Cool. (laughs) Junk food. Allie. Uh, mine's going to a horrible gacha game that I've actually kind of stopped playing recently because I realized junk food is bad for me <laughs> and it's Genshin Impact. <laughs> That's what makes it the category that it is. Just waiting for yeah, it. Yeah, to... I mean, like, it's a fun I, I, game I, I, and I like the gameplay loop, but I just, I'm just going to wait for the next story patch to come out because I actually quite like the story going on in mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I've got other stuff I want to focus on yeah. right now. And it that's not even from a, oh no, I'm spending money on ah, my rolls. It's just like, I've kind of hit the wall where you're like maxed out on like the stuff you can do mm-hmm. every day. So I'm like, I can just, it's one of those good games where like, I just like play it a bunch in a couple sittings and then just walk away <laughs> from it. It's like, no. it's fine. It's fun. It's got cool looking characters. Now, like, like any good junk food. No, Allie. I know what's coming up. I know what's on the list. So I want to give you mm-hmm. as much time as possible to talk about Genshin before I start gushing about fate. I mean, that's all I really had to say about Genshin. Yeah. Uh, so I would like to talk about Battle for Westnoth before the gushing. Go! Gushing. Gotcha. So it. Battle for... I'll be quick. And it's funny because in terms of junk food, I mean... So one of the things with with me and my entertainment and stuff is that, like, I don't really have that many, like, I don't really have guilty pleasures per se, 
because like if I like something, I'll like something. Um, and I don't really oftentimes like you know put stuff into things that like I generally feel generally feel bad about. Generally feel bad about at least most of the time. But Balfour Westhoff, isn't that that I feel like it's junky as much as that it's a it's a very silly game. It is a uh, it has a single player campaign, but I basically <laughs> use it for like the multiplayer campaign uh, with uh, some of my other friends who I game with, and uh, specifically my buddies Niall and Bragan, who are lovely human beings, and, <laughs> and uh, how I've used it, and Westnoth is like, it's this clunky little, like, tw- like from the 90s thing, but it's free, <laughs> and there's all these other, um, uh, and there's all, it's free, and there's all these other little, um, uh, just like, characters of it, it's like, it's sprites, like, it's, it's a, a, but the fun thing about it is that even though I would never play it as a solo game, getting to play it multiplayer as like this <laughs> in this weird turn-based situation with your friends is really nice. So I guess for me, it's a junk food game because it's junk food that lets me hang out with my friends. So now, 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 yeah. Barra, like now, Barra, yes, I would love to hear more about this. Okay, before I go completely nuts, and spend like. 20 minutes talking about fate? No, no. No, no, this is really it. Battle is if. I won't let, yeah, and I won't let you go for 20 minutes. (laughs) No, we, 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 well, there, there will be, uh, there will be a cutoff, but uh, I want to hear about Apex Legends because the interesting thing for me about, Dan, if you don't mind, I would say about about why, about Apex Legends is that uh, I know it's a big part of your gaming life, and it's also, I think, a part of your gaming life, at least, that, like, I really only vaguely know of. The only thing I know about Apex Legends is that it's a good game that you spend a lot of time with, but I don't really know anything about it. So it's, like, almost like a mystery, even though I know it's an important part of your gaming life, if that makes sense. God, did that game really just come out in 2020? Apex? Yeah. No, it didn't. And okay, I, I think Balfour like, Westhoff came out in 2003, didn't it? I think Balfour Westhoff came out for the 90s, man. No, I, I meant Apex. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah, but no, it didn't. It came out a year or two ago. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, it came out in far. 2005, so I guess it just is, was, it looked, it looked clunky and shit. It, it was, it was retro even in 2005. Huh. Yeah. Fun. It, it, it. It's but it's it's updated consistently, Allie. Like they have, oh, they, okay, have I see, they have yeah. seasons, so it's like the live service, but it's free to play. Um, and they, I mean, yeah, they incentivize you to pay money, but they really don't force it. And I've been able to get out relatively scot free on it. Um, and it's just that's in, good. In, in the same way, yeah. So I think I paid like twenty bucks total, and it was for two season passes to so like get stuff. But like, okay. I you know, it's similar to what um, Barra was saying. I think you and I, Barra, took the same approach with this category, mm-hmm. where it's really about it's that thing that, with COVID, there's so much uncertainty in the world, and you're at home, and you you have to find ways to find normalcy. Mm-hmm. And for me, one of those things is playing Apex Legends with a few buddies, and we do that pretty consistently, um, each week. Nice. Um, so I do spend a lot of my gaming time uh probably half of it if not more on apex legends um and that's why i sort of wanted to put it as my junk food game because it is the thing that i kind of return to for that normalcy um and and like you said it's mostly it's less it's almost less about the game and more about just like having an outlet to hang out with some friends and just sort of chat <laughs> no for sure and it's that's a and that's an awesome and, and that's awesome uh so yeah cool tristan All right. 
Okay, Tristan. I'm afraid, but my body I, is um, ready. You know what, Tristan? I'll tell you what, also. Why don't you do your junk food and waifu category at the same time? Because there's a, there's a little bit of overlap here, and also you sort of alluded to your waifu category, with, even with Persona 5 as well. Yes. Agreed. Okay, okay. So my best junk food game, and I've talked about this already, hopefully it made it into the cast, uh, is Fate Grand Order. So I started Fate Grand Order this year. Like, back in June. And I have not caught up to the story content. I've almost caught up. I'm just about there. Uh, but right now, I'm spending a bunch of my time in the Christmas event. Because the Christmas event gives me crap tons of material. And as a heads up, I will be doing my Husbando Waifu Sort on New Year's. Because there should be a whole, like, rate up um, gotcha thing for New Year's that I'm hoping for. Um, so you can look forward to me on my channel for that on Twitch, New Year's. And we'll talk about that when we get to the end of this episode. So you gotta keep listening. You can't just skip ahead, losers. Um, but Fake Grand Order has provided me a crap ton of material to go through this year. Even after completing, uh, let me see, Persona 5 Royale and Final Fantasy 7 Remake and... Among Us and Fall Guys and RE3 make and 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 <laughs> because what Fate has going for it are its characters. That, that That's really what it has. It's like if you've ever wondered like hey how would King Arthur and Cullen like interact with each other? Like what would that dynamic look like? Fate is the game for you. Because, damn. And for those of you who aren't playing, and for those of you who are, so the current Christmas event is all about how Attila the Hun, who is the current Santa, was trying to find a, like, successor to the Santa mantle. And was like, hey, Quetzalcoatl! You would probably enjoy being Santa. How about that? And Quetzalcoatl was like, I heard Samba. Samba is great. I would love to be the new Samba. And Attila the Hun was like, sure, here you go. And Quetzalcoatl was like, I am the new Samba Santa. What makes Fate Grand Order your favorite junk food game? It's the waifus and the characters and the ridiculousness of the events. Just like, why do you sound like that? This is Quetzalcoatl. This, <laughs> this is Quetzalcoatl, the new Samba Santa. Because Quetzalcoatl misheard Santa as Samba. Dance, Quetzalcoatl! Dance for the humanity you love so much! 
And goddamn, I need another ruler class character. So, welcome to my harem. Uh, does anybody else know what's going on? I have no, no. idea. I think, Tristan, do we need to call your parents? Are you okay? I am super not. <laughs> so, so, for a little bit of context. So, in Fate... You can't. <laughs> so, for a little bit, a tiny bit of context, in fate, you cannot summon gods as your party members because they are too great, too grand, too awesome, too powerful. So, what you have to do is you have to summon a god in a v- appropriate vessel, but the god in that vessel merge a little bit so you get a little bit of the vessel and a little bit of the god into this character okay so Quetzalcoatl the winged serpent god of Mesopotamia America is summoned into the vessel of a blonde bombshell who loves masked wrestling (laughs) who loves lucha so Quetzalcoatl is this god in a blonde bombshell who loves wrestling. And she has now been chosen to be Santa because she misheard Santa as Samba. So it's all about that Samba dancing to bring back son- Santa to deliver presents, which is her special move. Her special move is a giant present Summoned from low orbit, brought in as a cataclysmic drop onto your enemies. God damn it, I love fate because it's so ridiculous. I think Tristan is dying. (laughs) I am dying every day. Tristan. I don't know how I will live 2022. Break for me. I go where few men have dared to dream. <laughs> well, my friend. Well, Tristan, I'm gonna I... send you a follow-up text. But do you want to <laughs> do you want to state your last categories, and then do you want to lay down? Lay down. <laughs> yeah. And seriously, drink water. And I know you're oh, jesting, no, I... but like, I really want you to know that you're a dear friend. I've yeah. been friends with you. Since, like, I was 18. And, like, y'all are... You're a good man. And I don't want you to die. And I know you have so... I, I, I know that the, this is just... I, and oh, At least I really hope this I am, is just I you being dark. But, like, I, am, I love you. I am partly playing this up for the views. Okay, well... I have a I, whole... I will in the real life text you, man. I have a whole jug of water here by the side. Don't good, you worry. Good... I well, um, but Fate Grand Order is my junk food game because there is so much to it, and there's so much character-driven love. The I've spent six months playing this game, and I am not caught up to the story. So if you need something to like every day check in on, Fate is a good choice. All right, cool. 
I will. I guess I'll pass it off to <laughs> myself. That's <laughs> waifu. Should I call Tristan's parents? <laughs> I don't. Uh, oh, they know. Do, do you they're have? Di- uh, they're as disappointed in me as all of you. Oh. <laughs> well, just so that they, just so they know, it's the important thing. Um, I would, I would tuck it. I would tuck you in if I could, but I can't. <laughs> so, fun fact: all of the women of Fake Grand Order actually only show up third on my waifu list. But I'm gonna stop and hand it over to Allie. Allie, go. I thought I was giving it to Dan. It's okay, Allie. You can go ahead. <laughs> Allie, talk about your waifus slash husbandos. The listeners want to know. I love everyone in FF14, and I would tuck them all into bed very gently and sweetly in my in my soft arms. Aww. Except for Emmett Selk. I hate him, and Allie, I love him the most. Ellie, is it, 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 is it wrong that I find that to be just a lovely and sweet image of you just, like, Aww. tucking in these characters? I want to tuck Yashtola into bed and kiss her goodnight on the forehead. Aww. I want to tuck Tristan into bed. Speaking <laughs> of two. But... It's, it's, so, so fun but that's fact... That's out of a sense of mutual aid. So, fun fact. So, the room I'm recording this all in is basically my studio apartment. So, my bed is right over there. And it's got its, its heatress, heated mattress pad, and it is waiting for me. But well, I persevere! Well. Because we gotta talk about waifus and well, game of the year! Well, well, uh, I will say that my waifu was, uh, like many things that I find attractive, thick and fierce and beautiful. And, uh, because gosh darn it, man, you know, it's like, uh, you know, a man loves what a man loves. And, you know, I will say that I am and will always be down with the thickness. Um, <laughs> but I speak of the bull shark. The bull shark is, uh, in Man Eater, is, is great. She's beautiful. She's majestic. She eats people fiercely with her mouth. And uh, I'm not going to go down that path, even though I just saw it. It's like, nope, nope, that is the road we will not travel. Thank you, Robert Frost. So, <laughs> Did he fall out of his chair? I, I think he fell out of his chair. God damn it, Cage. Tristan. Tristan, are you okay? Tristan? Tristan? can't imagine the desperation of, oh shit, I knocked my microphone off the table oh. And it has come unplugged from the USB cable. Oh fuck! Oh fuck! I gotta plug it in. Oh shit! I've had way too much scotch tonight. <laughs> I'm relieved that it was the microphone that fell. We were afraid you were throwing up or hurt yourself. And I, okay, I know I said this in passing, but for real, like yeah. no more hard alcohol on the cast for anyone. Yeah, yeah for serious. <laughs> like or, for for, yeah. for for serious. Like you know, like if if you want, if we want, like there's there's you you can have like hard cider and beer does not do this to anyone <laughs> of the four of us. I know that, so that's the okay. new rule. I'm putting it out. Okay, deep breath, deep breath. Yes. Hard breathing. Centering myself. The bull shark is but is definitely my waifu, As and uh, and uh, you know of of the year. Even though 
even though uh, all the double on <laughs> all the double entendres only apply to humans <laughs> and actual full humans. Okay, um, hey, 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 but hey, they hey, definitely hey. apply. There's nothing wrong with supporting a strong female character fighting back against the patriarchy. Like, not even, not even memeing it up. Like, okay. You want a strong female character? Yeah, the bull shark is that. Eat those humans. Like, like, cement your hierarchy among the, like, Food pyramid? Yeah, do that. Do that. Dan, what was your waifu this year? <laughs> well, my, my, well, my, I don't, my, so Tristan changed my waifu, so on the spreadsheet. <laughs> so my waifu is now the number 5,248,547. But beforehand, it like was something said, sweet and interesting. Like I said, my microphone disconnected and I dropped it. I'm sorry. Um, but before that, and I do have a lot of good things to say about that number, but before that, um, my pick was Flora from Animal Aww. Crossing. Um, I need to look up your waifu. Who was just a stalwart companion of both mine and, and my partner's. Uh, on the uh, on our island in Animal Crossing, who was there from the very beginning, and stayed, a lot of people left the island in our tenure, but she stayed, and she was just a a wonderful uh, a wonderful character to talk with on Aww. a daily basis. When we were she playing. looks so cute and lovely. There's also a Flora plush you can get, by the way. Sure, that's very sweet. Meanwhile, I've DM'd you guys my sh my shitty rat bastard husband from episode fourteen, and he's a piece of shit, and I love him. So, so I will come out and say that I have seriously considered getting the faux plushie. So, from Fake Grand Order. So, so faux is the mascot character of that series, who accompanies you on every mission, and he's. Basically, a giant squirrel, fox, cat, dog. And goddamn, is he adorable? Mara, why don't you talk to us about your honorable mention for this year? I mean, I think I've pretty much like talked about most of, talked about like all the games that I really like played this year for the most part. Um, I guess I will honorable mention, uh, since I didn't talk about last much much in the last case, I believe like the Outer Worlds, which. Uh, I would suggest if you if you know if things begin to return to normal and you do not have the massive amount of time to play Red Dead Redemption 2 um, or you don't want to try to make yourself miserable with cyberpunk but you want a really high quality uh, role, uh, single player role playing game that will also respect your time as a, uh, as, a as a human being who because uh, we played Outer Worlds. We we played that. The, the, that was this year, right? That was, was it last year. That was, that last, was last year. year. We all played it last year. Yeah, yeah. There was there was, was one game on your list, Barra, um, this year from a. Um, no, I know it was classic, released from last a classic. Year. No, no, no. There is a there was an honorable mention you had on your list from a particular mascot of old from the PlayStation One days. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, sorry. I haven't seen the list in a No bit. problem. I know. I just uh, pulled it up myself. <laughs> cool. Anyways, yeah, so I guess I played Outer Worlds in 2019, but I will still 
plug it at Kiskosh. Time was a flat circle, etc. And I butchered Matthew McConaughey's beautiful bullshit from True Detective by saying that quote. But all that being said, uh, if you want to play a single-player RPG that will respect your time um, and really clock in at 20 hours uh, or less, I would highly recommend that. Uh, in terms of honorable mentions from actual games I played this year, though, uh, I couldn't really put any of the categories. I haven't finished it, but uh, Crash Bandicoot Four is awesome. Hey, nice. it is colorful. It is. It, it's colorful. It's fun. I've only gone to the first like new mask, but it's one where like flight, it, like phases different parts of the terrain in and out. Uh, it's puzzly. The mode they have is interesting, where uh, you essentially have a. The, the way you're conventionally supposed to play it now is that, you know, normal crash, you have lives, you go through them, it's a game over, and you have to start the level over. This version, you never you can die as many times as you want without starting the level over. It just, you know, you have to get a certain less amount of deaths in order to get a check off in order to unlock skins. So, um, but, you know, at first I was like, oh, that's a little bullshit, maybe I shouldn't have selected this mode, but... It's fine, and honestly, it's still difficult. The game is still not uh, not easy, just like every Crash game. Like, it's like, oh, these things. It's kind of simple. It's like, nope, there will always be really hard, brutal things. But uh, fun, colorful story seems nice. Uh, when I finish it, I might want to do a cast on it because it's really nice that the folks who took over the license from Naughty Dog and did the remaster, which I played the Warped remaster, and this year, which I also put in, like, Crash Bandicoot Warped, the remaster of it is lovely. It's everything you ima remember from Crash Bandicoot Warped. It's fun. It's just just great. Um, yeah, like, 3D platforming, in my opinion, at its best, will always be playing the Crash Bandicoot game. So, uh, you know, like, yes, Mario is, in my mind, like, the classic 2D mascot for what is the best 2D games, and maybe it's just because I really never played Mario 64, but, um, and, but, like, in terms of, like, platforming and the 3D thing, like, a Crash was always, like, uh, is always what jumps to it, and these remastered versions of it, you get to enjoy that gameplay and get to see really, really pretty graphics, and then they give a sequel that literally just pops right out back up after Warped. It was like, okay, the last game you actually remember caring about in this series, <laughs> that's the continuity. <laughs> nice, nice. I'm glad to hear you liked it. I, that was one I meant to check out as a platforming um, fan, but I never got around to it. Yeah, I mean, as you're a platforming fan, um, yeah, can't rec can't, cannot, cannot recommend it more. Uh, did I have every... What else do I have on my list for Audible? That, that was it. That was it for Audible yeah. Mentions. Crash 4, yeah, so Crash 4 is definitely worth the time. And I suspect if I if I'd finished it uh, before before this list, uh, we certain it, it, it may have uh, may have gotten other uh, other other categories. Allie, what's your honorable mention this year? Uh, oh, sorry, I took over Dan's job. It's it, that was I was going to ask the same question, so we're, we're in <laughs> violent agreement. For me, uh, honorable mention, I think I mentioned earlier before, but Fall Guys, just because it's such a cute game, it's such a lighthearted game, it's just really fun. And it made me smile. Yeah, I only played it once or twice, and we we all played it together at one point. Mm -hmm. That was yep. it was a ton ton of fun. Um, I made I, I made the unfortunate mistake of letting my PS4 download updates while I was playing it. <laughs> I was like, nice. why aren't I, I'm hitting jump? Why aren't I jumping? Why aren't I? Oh oh, because it's downloading a forty gigabyte yeah. update. No, we should do more of that. It's fun to do those kind of like multiplayer fun little 
excursions. Tristan, or sorry, Allie, did you have anything else you wanted to note about that? Um, no, not really. Just it made me happy. It's a very <laughs> cute game, and it's delightful. Awesome. And if you cheat at it, you're a real butthole. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I think this was the same podcast where we talked about why people would bother cheating in the first place, but um, mm-hmm. when they ha- when they stand to gain nothing. But um, one uh, one game that I know brings Tristan a lot of joy, historically, is Devil May Cry Five. The, um, the game that keeps on giving. So uh, um, tell us about it. So, so DMC Five is my honorable mention uh, for this year because technically it came out last year, but we have the special edition now. And it finally gave us playable Virgil again, which is something that the fandom was clamoring for, like, since the game came out. Nice. And it's, uh, it also, like, I, so I recently changed up, I've probably mentioned this before, but I finally now have an actual proper HDTV. Um, I still only have an original PS4, but there is a like HDR mode for Devil May Cry 5 that works on the original PS4. Oh, nice. Like, that game is so well optimized. Yes. If there's an HDR version not on the on the Pro. It uses Beautiful. The, it uses the Resident Evil engine, right? Yes, it does. It All does right. use the re-engine. Yeah. Um, yeah, Capcom, you've made a really good engine. <laughs> At least for them. I don't know how yeah, easy it is them. if you're not there, but it seems to be working out for them. That's great. That's great. And Virgil's a lot of fun. He's he's really hard to get used to, but also it's probably because I've taken such a long break from the game. Right. Yeah. That's definitely a game that when you've been away from it for a while... You gotta shake off the rust. It's tough to shake off the rust. Um a game similar to that that was one of my two honorable mentions was Doom Eternal. Um, I actually fe- I feel pretty bad not including it on any list on any of the above categories. It was just, again, it was one of those games that was really, really good, just not good enough to <laughs> to hit any of these categories, but a lot of fun. Uh, and then the other game I had on my honorable mention, which I think was a better game than the first one. I know it's contentious with a lot of people, but uh, Last of Us Part Two. Um, I thought it was a really good game, um, and it just wasn't good enough to make any of the other awards on this list for me, but I wanted to shout it out. Um, okay. So here we are, the big one. We've, we've covered all of it, yeah, um, and now we're, I'm just going to go left to right here. Um, so on the, when I say left to right, I mean on this list I'm staring at that nobody else can see. <laughs> uh, yes. But, uh, <laughs> Allie, what is your game of the year 2020? It's Maneater, because you get to be a big shark. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fun. Amazing. Uh, amazing. Uh, anything it else you want to add? It made me happy. No. Another game that made you happy. That's great. It was, a, it was a tough year, so anything to make us happy, I think. Yeah, I also, right? like, I didn't play a lot of new releases yeah. this year, save for, yeah. like, some of them were, like, re-releases of older games, so I didn't want to really put down No More Heroes as my game of the year. <laughs> I wanted to pick something that was new from this year, so that was Maneater for me. It yeah. made me smile. 
That's awesome. And um, looking forward, I don't know if we'll end up doing this or not, so don't quote me on this, but hoping to, in some capacity, uh, display some of our games of the generation. So maybe Yay. a good time for something like that, too. Uh, Bera, how about you? What was your game of the year? I put down Man Eater, right? <laughs> you did. You also picked the shark game. Man, you... <laughs> I mean, I think I also might sleep something by yeah, because I don't have to see a friend, but like, uh, yeah, uh, it's really the only game I extent that was that I played all the way through. I believe that was released this year. I mean, much of this year was was uh, was playing Control and Red Dead Redemption Two, which were know, fantastic. But also, I mean, so I wanted to pick something that again I played that was from this year. Yes. Um, then that, that it completed. But also, I mean, like as I gushed about earlier. It's it's so fun, it's it's so good, and I want more games like Man Eater. Like I want them in my I want them in my life, and I want them I want them made, and I just want to be able mm-hmm. to know that I can spend like twenty bucks, and it's like oh great game. Give yeah. me a really good B tier game over yes. a janky AAA game any day. We need, we need uh, more hun- B tier games. A hundred percent. A hundred and ten percent. Uh, and and I bet and the one thing and the one regret I do have is is that like you know I'm gonna rectify this soon and then probably gush over it. There's a pattern here in terms of like we do our game of the year reviews and then it's like oh maybe I should go play this. Is that uh, I I really do wish that I had played Hades in 2020 because in addition to you know the hearing like you know Dan and absolutely loving it and it being Jim Sterling's like game of the year and he just gushing they like apparently it was also made ethically like apparently mm-hmm. they don't do crunch at super giants and no. mandate people take their fucking vacation so um i will be pay- i will be paying full price on it uh for so though we could continue to do that and uh so great game and ethical practices seems great but otherwise you know man eater i don't know if it was ethically made or not but boy is it tasty tasty murder <laughs> Um, that, well, thanks for teeing me up on that, Vera, because my pick for Game of the Year 2020 is Hades. Um, Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Uh, um, and in doing my games of the generation, I uh, actually made it up quite high on my list. Wow! Um, in fact, I was amazed at doing it. I ended up with 25 games that I ranked, and almost all of them were like B, C, D tier games, which was telling. Uh, but Hades it's is just telling. a... Hades is just an amazing, amazing game. Um, it's one of those ones that was kind of perfect timing. It fell under my radar a bunch. Like, I liked Supergiant folks. Um, I don't, I've never... I mean, Bastion was probably my favorite of them up till now. Um, I'm not big into roguelikes or ro- roguelites or whatever you want to call it. Um, but it just released after early access, and it just took me by surprise. It's amazing writing, voice acting, uh, but most importantly, it just plays really well. And it's the kind of game that I was astonished. One one that it took me thirty hours to beat one run, but also, <laughs> but also that I it was actually thirty hours spent. I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw that on my uh, on my PC hour counter um, just a really really great game that reacts to you and tells a story with a bit of context as to what you're doing in the world and how you're interacting with the characters how you're fighting the the enemies and the bosses and um, consistently surprises you with new things despite it being on you know when you really take a step back and look at it a, a fairly short roguey game mm-hmm. um 
Hey, kiddo. Oh. Have you tried not being blown up? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so Hades is just awesome, and I highly recommend it. Tristan, game of the so, year. 2020. So my game of the year, surprising no one, <laughs> is Ghost of Tsushima. Okay. No, nah, I'm just joking. It's the Final Fantasy VII Remake. <laughs> the game that, honestly, I never thought would actually be made. But apparently, apparently the folks at Square Enix ran out of cocaine and realized they had to put out something for more crack money. And so we actually got... So they, they actually did. And I just really hope it isn't a one-off. <laughs> yeah. I, I um, keep... I, I try not to spoil my own opinions, but I have seen Final Fantasy VII Remake appearing at the top of many people's Game of the Year lists, and it really just... I have no interest in it, and all of a sudden, like, all these recommendations are coming out. So. It's... And, well, it also came out at just the right time. Because it came out just at the point where I was working from home for three months. Um, and so I actually got to really sit down and, and go back through it. Um, if anything, it makes me want to replay original Final Fantasy VII. Hmm. Um, but, and, and while it has its issues, on the, on the whole, it was like the perfect little nostalgia bomb of, Oh my god, it's these characters! Oh my god, I can actually like. Oh my god, just look at look at look at the slums. Look at look at Midgar. Look at oh my god, the trains. So something that I would like want to ask you, Tris, and I think we probably get when we did a spoiler cast on it too. But it was I was fascinating again when I was seeing it come up on uh, on Sterling's list as well. Is is that uh, it seems from what I've been hearing that the Final Fantasy VII remake. Uh, Re uh, remake is not Final Fantasy 7 remaster and it's not even with the combat like it sounds like they're doing some there's something going on here with the plotty K and the that to me is fascinating is 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 there truth to that is there is there yes is there uh, something so it, are, are they making a new version of this story so so no spoilers in this episode, we have a Final <laughs> Fantasy VII Remake spoiler cast that you can go listen to if you actually want spoilers. Wait, um, no we don't. We didn't do a remake? No. I know we talked about it on one of our episodes. <laughs> how, did we not, how did we not do a spoiler cast on the Final Fantasy VII Remake? I do know that we talked about it, but we I don't know what episode it, it what, what was on. Because, holy shit, that game deserves a spoiler cast. Yeah. It does, and I'm happy to at least facilitate. It. Um, you and Allie, you played through it, right, or some most of it? Or? I haven't finished it oh, yet. Okay, yeah, yeah. So if you two want to gush about it to some degree, even if I don't get a chance to officially officially play it, maybe I'll just like play a little bit of it. Is it on? Is it on a PC or is it only PlayStation? I believe I it is a PlayStation exclusive. Oh, okay. Well, um, regardless, I got I have that too. So. Yeah. Um, but, okay. um, but anyways, anyways, getting back to that point. Um, yes, there are plot differences. There are actually a bunch of plot differences. Um, and it's looking like this may be an alternate, like, timeline for Final Fantasy VII. Um, one of the recurring things in the remake is this sort of corrective force 
that intervenes to try and make sure things happen the way they're supposed to happen. And you end up killing that force. What? <laughs> yeah. What? Um, <laughs> That's... Wow. You killed the time so, cop. Yeah, basically. Um, and so the end of FF7 Remake is kind of like, okay, guys, guess what? There's now nothing to ensure that things go the way they originally went. Which means things could go much, much worse, or they could go much, much better. Okay, so... Instead of beloved character A dying, beloved character B dies. Uh, Probably. I, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I'm... I, I'll be real with you. That... That does... I I yeah, I am intrigued. Yeah. I, uh, I I I'm very intrigued because again, initially, I was thinking again that it was you know again like a remaster, but that it also really peaks it in like you saying this sort of say that that like the words remake because then it's like oh I think a lot of us maybe I'm wrong here but at least for me I, I don't think I'm alone uh, you think remake you switch in your head to remaster but then when you yeah. think remake. What that actually means in cinematic terms, right. it's like you are telling the story in a different way, and mm -hmm. a Robin in, in a remake of a Robin Hood movie is going of, of the Robin Hood story is going to be not a shot for shot right. remake of right. you know, of the one from 1930 or from or or from the one with uh, Alan Rickman with, with, with Alan Rickman. It's like, and that to me is very potentially cool, especially since. Square Enix could literally have printed anything. They, they 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 had a lot of freedom, and this game would have printed money. That they're deciding oh, yeah. we're gonna have some, we're gonna be artistically creative with it. Well, that has my attention. Yeah. Um, what I would recommend is because of the changes it makes. I hate to say this, but I would very much recommend you play original Final Fantasy VII first. I am so going to disregard that, and yeah. and because I feel I feel as though I have a very very unique position where I can basically play the remake without any knowledge. I mean, I know about, about some of the plot beats in seven, uh -huh. but we all do. Yeah, but, um, but without it's... that knowledge, what it would what it would be like. Anyway, yeah. I yeah. think uh... you can play whichever one you want to play. Because that is a huge time commitment to play both <laughs> yeah, of them. It is. That's why I said <laughs> yeah. I'm hesitant to say this, but... Yeah. I don't um, think it's absolutely, positively, super-duper necessary. I think as long as you understand that you're getting into something that isn't quite the same as the original, and, like, no, the biggie, biggie, biggie one, yeah. I think that's fine. So because you're, you're because saying I, that Aerith dies is, even in this first part of the remake, a key thing in the back of your head when you play? Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Um, because because if they've... So if at the end of this game, it is now there's now nothing sort of directing the, the storyline to go the way it's supposed to, that means you now have... A, there may be a chance now to save her. Right. So, or I, not. I, I, I will say this though. I will say this. If uh, if it's instead you get to choose which woman dies, that maybe that 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 might erase the goodwill. I don't think they're gonna do that, but it's like sorry, have... Yuffie. <laughs> <laughs> ah! 
That's what you get for stealing all my materia. <laughs> but anyway, it is Tristan's game of the year. Um, nice. Um, I, I, I guess just to wrap things up. Of course. Um, and, and this is only if you really have a thought on this. This because it's kind of I'm just kind of throwing this at y'all. But are there any? Is there like one game in 2021 that you're really looking forward to? Allie? I think for now, for me, well, on the one hand, I'm like, yes, but on the other hand, I don't want to be disappointed because I try really hard not to hype myself up too much yeah. anymore. But what? if I had to give an answer, it's going to be No More Heroes 3. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, it's No More Heroes 3. Um, please, God, let it be good. Please let Suda51 actually have like proper creative control over it again. Um, yeah, I, I think the yeah. game I am most looking forward to without overhyping is uh, Hollow Knight Silk Song, which may come out next year or may not, but probably comes out next year. And then I guess my dark horse quickly would be Deathloop, but just because I oh I yeah know, shit Deathloop because I don't too. Really know too too much about that one. Fuck but, yeah, I I'll play almost anything Arcane makes so. Yeah. Wait, Arcane's Fuck, coming good. out with a new game next year? Yep. Yeah, and it's a yeah. time-looping story. Wait, are you fucking yes. kidding me? Arcane, which is beautiful in terms of... Yeah, okay, that's the game I'm excited I was going to say I was excited for Hades, because I'm excited to play Hades, but uh, I mean, you know, like, I, I, I'm i going to restart Dishonored 2 to finish it, because my, uh, my save died. Uh, so like yeah, I'm a whore for Discuss- for Arcane. Excuse my language. Um, yeah, I didn't mean that in the most positive way. Uh, um, and yeah, I love Dishonored, uh, and I love Arcane, and I love time loops. So like, just like pump it into my veins. Uh, yeah, directly yeah. into my veins. Exactly. Exactly. It's a time looping game about two people trying to murder each other. Both of the protagonists are a black man and a black woman, so you like, fuck yeah, Arcane for doing that good, good rep. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it just damn. seems interesting, but I don't know much about it, so I'm not gonna get my hopes up. But I'm gonna say I am very much looking forward to learning more I am about that. Tentatively loop. intrigued. Yes. Yeah. No. Yes. Who did? So did our? Did did uh? So I'm I'm trying to think like. With Arcane, did they? Who are the components that uh, that they created uh, 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 uh that created Arcane? Were they, were they involved with like, uh, were were some of those folks involved with the original Deus Ex, or was that just like, the uh, the, the the crossover between that and Dishonored? I don't know. Uh, I do not know. Because I I don't think so. Uh, because I know because Arcane is French. Uh, they only opened their American studio in 2006. Um, yeah, they're from the ni- they're from the late 90s originally. Oh, so Harvey Smith was one yeah. of Dishonored, who was a Deus Ex designer, worked on Dishonored. Yeah. Just seeing if Harvey Smith is also working for Arcane right now. No, I believe it's one of the the Arcane studio like in Canada that's working yeah, on it, and yeah. not the American one. Uh, but I'm still very excited. Yeah, because the original Deus Ex was Ion Storm. Ah, uh, right. Right, yeah. Well, regardless of which, like, any... they One of the things I love about the Dishonored games and 
Arcane's working is just like how they create these rich, like lived in small worlds where like you can get all these little details from it. And that to me is like perfect for the, the types of creators you want to be working on that with and that sensibility in when when you're dealing with the time loop, which is again the small details, the small worlds. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, now I need to just pry myself away from Fate Grand Order long enough to get back to Yakuza 7. Nice. Yeah. Well, thank you everybody for joining joining me on the 2020 Game of the Year journey. Um, yeah. Yay. We yay. will have things coming soon, maybe, hopefully. We'll see. Um, if we, no. ever, we have a couple ideas in the docket that we haven't we, yet committed dates to. If we can ever find a day, our schedules line yeah. up. Yeah, it's tough. Stupid um, adult life. Yeah. It shall be done. But we got some ideas. Um, there'll be more of this. Um, I'll at least be publishing my uh, Games of the Generation and blog format on the site, uh, spoilermedia.net, um, which is where you can find all of the episodes of the spoiler cast mm -hmm. on our, I'm making this up on the spot, in our race to episode 100. Um, yep. And, uh, yeah, we'll have more of these episodes and other stuff to come. You can subscribe to us there. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all that other fun stuff. Spotify. Did I say that already? I don't know. You can yeah, we'll need, to, to we'll need to think of something special for 100. Yes. Like, maybe, yeah. maybe by the time we get to 100, mm -hmm. we'll actually all be able to hang out with people again. And we can do it all, all together in person for the yeah, big one fun. out. That'd be yeah. nice. Nice. Alrighty. Anybody else wanna you wanna rep anything before we say sayonara? No. Uh, don't be a bad apple. Be a good egg. Agreed. <laughs> yep. Just because 2020 is over doesn't mean that we're not done. Oh god no. Remember guys, things don't magically get better on January 1st. Nope. Yeah, I think we already saw we saw that pretty clearly in the first few days. <laughs> 2021. Please stay I'd safe. Like to, I'd like to... I, I, I finished my seven-day free trial of 2021. I'd like to return the product. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. To our, to our wonderful listeners, all three of you in Ypsilanti at Michigan, as well as my lovely girlfriend, who for some reason listens to each one of these shows. Uh, Yay! Please, please stay safe uh, and take care of one another because, uh, and uh, yeah, make time and make time for uh, make time for, for make time for joy because video games helped and video games and uh, the friendship of you beautiful people helped me to get through 2020 and uh, I hope it's going to make me enjoy 2021 uh, quite a bit. So Yay. thank y'all. I couldn't have said it better than the three you just did, so I'm not going to. So until next time, see you later. Bye, everybody. Keep on.